recording now after playing PlayStation 4 for two hours. Yes, I have been feverishly touching Bill's PlayStation 4. I canceled mine. I think we talked about this in the podcast. I pants canceled mine with yeah, a friend of mine. Yeah, this redundant podcast on a lot of fronts, but yeah, just bring people uh, up to speed. A friend of mine said, why are you buying a PlayStation 4? What are you going to play on it? And I was like, uh, uh. There's games. <laughs> so I it's not like there's it. no games. I mean, it's just there's no exclusives, really. And there is the no games... compelling reason for me to spend four hundred dollars to play these games. On well, listen, if you just want to play the games, you can still play them on the consoles you already have. Yeah. But if you do buy one, it's not like there's nothing to play. Oh no. It's just yeah. But there's no like there's no like system seller for me. Well, especially since uh, uh, apologies again for like as I've been saying for the last couple weeks. If you're not into video games, uh, this is the you know this this should be the last super video game heavy podcast for that's, a while. No, that's not. All true. the next week, all the later on this week, <laughs> two new that's two big lie. Nintendo games come uh-huh. out. Yeah. But then after that, no, this Friday when uh, the Xbox One and uh, Super Mario Brothers, new Super Mario Brothers, not even actually that, Super Mario 3D World and the new Zelda game come out. That is that that is the end of the Christmas mm-hmm. uh, holiday Christmas video game extra, uh, extravaganza. Yeah. So and that's we, we then we can get back to talking about fruit snacks. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck. So I uh, yeah I was noodling around with Bill's PS4 and I gotta say. It's a sleek little console. I like it's how they not... cleaned up the dashboard. Yeah. The streaming stuff is pretty sweet. Like, uh, I played a little bit of Flower. I gotta tell ya, I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not the person to be impressed by that because I couldn't really tell. Well, you're never a big fan of the original Flower. And also, yeah, the graphical upgrade on that is so... It's still a beautiful game, and I Wait, still no. love the sound design, but... Unless yeah. you made that game... <laughs> Like, yeah, you're not going to tell ass. the difference. It's still a beautiful game, though, and I'm glad I got to replay it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I played a little bit of uh, Assassin's Creed 4 and streamed it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Which is well, this, cool. this is what I totally forgot about, that the PlayStation 4 has this button on the controller, which is called the share button, which really is as simple as you hit that button, the Xbox, or the PlayStation just asks you if you want to stream to Twitch or to Ustream, and once you lo- like you know set up uh, the the PlayStation with your credentials for logging into either service, it really is 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 it's you hit that button and you're streaming good to go, mm-hmm. and it'll even ask you if if you if you want to is it on Facebook and Twitter it asks mm-hmm. you if you want to update like let let people know that you're tweeting so you don't have to even crack open a computer to let people know that you're streaming and that's yeah. it and you're after other races and, and it's it's pretty neat that they not only show you how many viewers you have but they show comments on your comments yeah so when you're streaming with the PlayStation Four. Hopefully, people listening to this. If you're on a vegan, hopefully Bill, you care about stop PlayStation. Apologizing. I'm just saying though. Talking. I can see if someone's like an Xbox One diehard, or they just don't care about these systems, or they, they don't, don't wanna, listen to or our they just podcast. Don't hear Bill. about this until they want to get a system. Because that's one. Of the, that's a terrible thing though. Because if you don't have enough money, or you're just not interested in the system, while yeah. there's a console launch, oh, yeah. that is annoying too. Especially because oh, yeah. everyone in the world has been talking about this shit all week. Yeah. Anything vaguely game related has just been. Yeah. I was watching the Giant Bomb. Uh, the Giant Bomb guys yesterday, they did a 12-hour live stream of all the PlayStation 4 stuff yesterday. And they were really bushed and tuckered by the end. And they're like, oh shit, we gotta do the same thing with almost all the same games next week for the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, how just how kind of redundant both consoles are right now. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, it's a pretty sleek little machine. It's I not dig bad, it. yeah. The difference between... I had been playing um, Assassin's Creed 4 on... Um, uh, PS3 and then jumping into the PS4 version, um, there you know it was pretty subtle. So yeah, because I haven't even seen what the original version looks like. So yeah, yeah. I can't. You're the only only one here has a. You know, it's pretty sleek. This, uh, what the game that actually impressed me the most was I did fire up Call of Duty Ghosts, which is funny because it's not even remotely an exclusive or anything like that. Yeah, but the frame and it's rate, not necessarily a very good looking game for, even for this no. for for what it is. Yeah, no, but uh, the frame rate was better. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, it was not 60 frames per second, I don't think, but it was certainly better than, than what I'm used to. That's what's... Uh, the, supposedly the Xbox One version of Call of Duty has the 60 frames per second locked in. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not quite as high resolution, yeah. so yeah, but, and we but were the noticing you could you could tell that it's it's the the on the PlayStation Three Call of Duty kind of wavers between sixty frames per second and, and less, yeah. but it still looks fine. Like one thing that my it, wife is gonna dig is that um she it's interesting Foley's perspective in video games is so fascinating to me just because she played video games a little bit when she was a kid like she played like like she played and like the last game she played before she was with me was goldeneye she played a lot of goldeneye and then there's just like this jump she oh, went that's from, a hell of a long time ago i know yeah. she went from goldeneye well. to like ps3 so there's like a degree of give that i will give video game graphics because i i, I see the evolution and i see the improvement yeah, exactly, yeah. part of the granular and not so granular improvements that i'm like wow but there are some things where fully is like because she's not used to those improvements they just stick out like a sore thumb to her mm-hmm. like um edge smoothing or aliasing in, in games like that's the sort of stuff where she's like why does this look so sharp why does this why don't it blend why well that's it funny you were talking about how, how much you liked how assassin's creed yeah. uh looked like compared to the playstation 3 version uh supposedly that's not even with anti-aliasing and mm-hmm. at 1080p turned on because i guess that's coming in a patch that's gonna be coming later on this week mm-hmm. and so like yeah if you come back like, if we record in person next week it might, it might actually even look a little bit better yeah so, yeah i mean it's just it, it's, it's it's all pretty subtle improvements i'm but However, I'm pretty excited at those subtle improvements at launch. I can only imagine when you get a team like that's working in this architecture and working for this yeah. native, like the stuff that um, Naughty Dog rung out and and like the Konami team rung out of the um, PlayStation Three with um, Metal Gear and with um, yeah, imagine, Last of Us. Compare Last Charted. of Us to. What the hell did the PlayStation 3 launch with? I can't remember. I mean, compare yeah. La- Last of Us even with Uncharted 1, which was beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's like the... Uncharted 1 looks kind of a little weirdly plasticky and stuff now. But it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just the people who learn the tool. Man. That these tools look this good out of the box with people who haven't had a chance to play around with it is really I wish, to, I wish to hell Last of Us could have come out as a next generation port. Because it, you know, it came out so close to the launch of these consoles. Mm-hmm. I would too bad. I mean, who knows? They, they could put out like a next gen super HD game of the year. Man, I do not want that team something? working on that at all i want them working well i would on... assume they would pour it off this that would probably be an external company it wouldn't yeah. even be naughty dog but they would just you know, ship it off to somebody else because it sounds like uh, that that team was working on something else that's not even on the next uncharted so <laughs> speaking of which we'll get to that later uh, okay, guys, but yeah no uncharted 4 uh, or not uncharted 4 uh playstation 4 yeah, it's pretty cool uh the console's about the same size as an xbox 360 mm-hmm. um it's a little smaller it's uh, it's got a light on it. I just love that there's this little light strip on it. Uh, it's cool. I didn't realize that uh, jacked microphones will jack right into the controller, and so you could just uh, um, you can do audio out through it too. Yeah. So it'll mute your television and then pipe your audio out through your controller, which is great for people who are gaming with like you know loved ones in another room. Yeah. Or, yeah. And uh, USB microphones and headsets work with this too. Although to if you if you're gonna Twitch uh, if you're gonna live stream uh, video games. Uh, if you want to record with your voice over the video, you have to be using a microphone that jacks into to the headphone and not uh, a USB microphone that jacks into the console itself for some reason. But I don't know why I'm, I'm explaining. But this is this is we're, this <laughs> this is going to lead to an explosion of live streaming stuff. Yeah. Live streaming in the oh, last yeah. two years has already become a huge thing. Yeah, it's kind of usurped for a lot of people listening to gaming podcasts. Yeah. Uh, it, it, which is funny because you got a lot of people now when they're not playing video games, they're just watching people play games, which yeah. is really crazy. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate uh, with the, the 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 Twitch stuff on here so far. It does not. Um, 
I don't know if in the future if it's supposed to archive stuff, but right now it doesn't. I think it is in the long term. And there, it seems like they're des- they've designed the system to specifically keep you from exporting to YouTube. So hopefully yeah. they can strike an agreement with Google sometime soon that lets you actually just stream stream and archive the stuff directly to YouTube because that's always great. Mm-hmm. But that that either may never happen or if it happens, it could be years from now. It's yeah. all like something like that happens. But this is yeah, this mm. is this is a good time to get in like this. This is going to be an explosion of live streaming stuff. It's interesting. My relationship with live streaming is kind of different in that I don't really participate in live streaming culture because it's so kind of... On the one hand, there's a part of me where there are some games that I do not want to play them, but I want to see them. Yeah. Like, for example, Amnesia, Dark Descent, Amnesia, Machine for Pigs. I want to see those games. I do not want to play them. But also, if you just want to see, like, bits and clips and stuff, so just see right. what the game's like, that's kind of Oh, nice. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's going to build about. There's an interesting feature where you can jump in, you can see a bunch of live streams that are going on and jump I didn't know you could do that on the PlayStation. So Annie's playing around with the PlayStation 4 for 20 minutes, and she's just discovering all the shit on the console. I didn't know you could do. I'm a button presser. But, like, then I guess last night when I uh, the the console PlayStation 4 just came out yesterday. This 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 PlayStation 4 has been in the house for less than 24 hours. Uh, PlayStation Network, as a result of it being launched, it was down for most of yesterday. Yeah. And so I only had a few hours yesterday where PlayStation Network was kind of vaguely working. Yeah. I I've, I haven't even been able to play any online multiplayer Call of Duty. The two games I got were Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So what is it. interesting is that that means that you can exactly like Bill was saying, you can taste, you can do a little taste test, you can see what the game is yeah. like before you crack into it. It's kind of a nice variation to a gameplay video or even a demo. The only thing is trying to find someone who like is tolerable live streamer. That's the thing. That is why I can't get into live streaming. Because even when I was live streaming like for five minutes Assassin's Creed last night, I found myself, it was hard because you don't want to just sit there and be quiet. That's the thing. The same thing, you don't want to talk. And I found myself like commentating like, oh, there's a pig. I just stabbed the pig. While I'm just narrating everything I'm doing. And I could could hear myself. I was the very worst kind of live streamer. And I'm like, Maybe I'm not cut out for live streaming. It makes... It, I mean, live streaming turns gaming into performance. Yeah, a little bit. And if you're not used... I could say actually going back to play games that you've played before, so you're not so worried about, like... Especially, like, I found myself whenever a cutscene on Assassin's Creed came in, I wanted to be quiet and watch it, but that makes mm-hmm. for a boring live stream. But then, you know, maybe yeah. if someone just wants to see the game, maybe that's what they want to yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah. See, I like, know. I, as a live stream viewer, that is what I want. I want someone to shut the fuck up and play the game. Yeah. I don't want to hear, you know... But then what... Cracking You gotta wise. give people a reason to come to your channel. Yeah, I get it. So I get it. But yeah, I don't want to hear, like, ugh. I was trying to find the ending of Assassin's Creed 3 to remember what happened. I knew, remember that Desmond died, but I couldn't remember the context. Spoilers for Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, whatever. I know. I love that you're apologizing to people who don't play video games <laughs> well, and then apologize to people who maybe do. Bill, just uh, get all the apologies. Just say a general, I'm sorry, and move <laughs> on, my friend. I have to apologize for everything in my life right now. <laughs> so, um. uh, but uh, no, uh, it's, uh, I don't. It's interesting because it changes your relationship with the game you're playing. Mm-hmm. You're no longer playing a game to enjoy it. You're playing a game to perform it for others. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. I, and my relationship with games is such that I don't want to necessarily have that moment with a game. Like, I want to play a game for the pleasure of it. I want I, I enjoy games as a conduit to convey character and dialogue. Mm-hmm. And by nature... By the nature of you're doing it for others, you're talking through things. It's like, it's like for example, it, I mean, it's no better than you and I sitting there, and I really wanted you to see all this first-person stuff in Assassin's Creed 4, but you couldn't, because you and I were just shooting the shit. Yeah. And But it's ten times worse, because there are however many people watching, and you feel that pressure to speak, and it's interesting. It's one of those things, kind of like custom soundtracks, where it's like, by its nature, you are experiencing the game in a context beyond just the game, yeah. and you're getting a less pure... 
that's like, why I like see if I'm gonna sit down and just watch a live stream, I like to watch stuff that I've already played. Sure. So at yeah. least it's just kind of entertaining to see, especially if someone else is playing it for the first time. Yeah. I could I, I, I could talk about this later, but like one of the things I did this week, one of my entertainment highlights of this week was uh Jeff Green, formerly mm-hmm. of oneup.com and Games uh-huh. for Windows uh magazine. Uh he started streaming He's never live streamed before, but this week he started uh, live streaming Dark Souls. This is the first mm-hmm. game he's ever live streamed. He's never played Dark Souls before, and Dark Souls is an incredibly fucked up, difficult yeah. game. Yeah. And he had no. He thought it was just an action game. He went in there like hacking and slashing, got his ass kicked him. Yeah. And it was interesting to watch it and learn him kind of like learning how to play that game over the course of yeah. several hours. And uh, all this stuff got booted up to YouTube, so I was just watching it on my Apple TV just while I was working this week. But it was just, and, and, but this is a game that I'd played and actually really enjoyed, but I had the exact same learning process with him mm-hmm. as, yeah, slowly kind of like learning different parts of the game and like, but like, because that game is so repetitive because you get killed so often, you have to do things over and over again. You really learn like specific encounters from encounters, yeah. like how well it is. And so yeah. you, you like he'll turn a corner. And I'm like, yeah. oh my god, I haven't played out. this game in two years, but I remember this. I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna go out to get wiped out by a dragon. Oh my god, all this stuff. It's kind of like just that's kind of fun. And also, he's a very entertaining guy yes. because he's done. He he's an older guy. He's been around. He's been in the gaming industry for like 25 years. He's also just a good speaker. He's very funny. Yeah, and. He knows to be entertaining, and he's not even he's trying to be entertaining, right. but he's just like he's a really affable guy, and that's a kind of like that's that's a great live streaming right. experience as far as a consumer goes. Like I, I could see the only context in which I would enjoy live streaming would be like doing it yourself. Uh, either doing it myself or viewing it would be if there were a friend of mine who had a game that I did not, mm-hmm. or like someone I don't get to see very often who lives so far away. Like, let's say my friend Stephen Heinz in Chicago gets a game I don't have. Yeah. And I would want to do a party chat with him and watch him play his game. But that's a little sort of different context. I don't know if you can even do that on the PlayStation 4, but that'd be great. They do thing. have a party chat mode. But I don't, I don't know, know if, if it, Yeah, I don't know if it, I, I doubt it. Realistically, what I'd do is I would um, turn oh, on... Oh, party like, chat would actually just by yourself. So why do you need an audience at that point? But see, that's talk. the thing. At that point, it wouldn't be about live streaming per se. It would be about me being able just to see what he's playing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that uh, I could see. See, this is one of the things where I find my... Like, when I was sending out friends requests and, and accepting them last night through the PlayStation 4 last night, I was like, oh, man, it'd be great if Annie weren't... Because I'd love to see you play some of this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, oh, like, Uncharted? Yeah. Like, Uncharted 4 comes out? Like, oh, my God. And then you can turn on the camera. You can actually turn off the voice so you don't have to worry about, like, <laughs> interrupting it. Making but just, like, sounds. just the looks of No, honestly, just face. my uncontrollably giggling. Yeah, exactly. No, or the only other context uh, I can think of is my wife... Uh, my wife, my our office in our house in the other end of the house, and we'll be playing games. My wife wants to see it, but she wants to work on her computer. Mm-hmm. I could see her doing a live stream so that she could watch me play as she works in her office. But see, these are such particular <laughs> contexts, and but they're not no about you can't broadcasting. Use that technology, that though, I yeah, mean, that's yeah. totally valid as anything else. Broadcasting to the world is just like ancillary is, to my. This is also just weird. Taking a relatively passive pastime, yeah, and turning it turning into it weird, performance. Your, yeah, performance entertainments. You're creating something someone else is going to ingest. It's kind of a weird... Yeah. I mean, people who game on the PC, they've been doing this shit for years. But yeah. console, I mean, this is a whole new thing for this console is, gamers, yeah. though. Yeah. Unless, unless you've managed to figure out how to stream console stuff to Twitch yeah. TV by yourself, which I mean, people have been doing, God knows, you know, that, that that's like not Grumpy brand Like Grumpy Turtle has a capture card. Well, exactly, yeah. But, like, this is not a capture card. This is really just, like, yeah. on the on the room yeah. controller that says... Beam my shit into eyeballs yeah. all around the world instantaneously. I remember. Fuck. That's a dangerous weapon right there. People are going to embarrass themselves. Yeah. Fucking poop. <laughs> all poop in live cast where people oh, are like, God. oh, yeah, how you doing? Oh, man, you know what? I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Do you, so you can make money off of Twitch, right? 
Uh, you can monetize <sighs> Twitch, but I think that they have some limitations with how it connects. Well, especially to the with the camera stuff, this is gonna make it easy, even easier for like the quote unquote fake gamer girls to try to monetize. Like, oh, I'm playing a chart. I'm not even gonna engage that conversation. I'm a bit the bit so uh, I'm just saying, that, like, there's different ways people can use this too, where it's right. not just broadcasting, but it's like well, you're it's trying like, to create a brand for yourself or some shit well, like that. Of course, yeah. That's how it is with any any experience online. Um, the one thing I did want to try on your PS4 that I wasn't able to do is I wanted to bring my Vita over so we could work with, oh, play yeah, with I the connectivity. But yeah, my I have not touched my Vita in so long. Do you I don't know where the, know where the charger cable? is. Yeah, exactly. Say, yeah. And yeah, it's some sort of weird proprietary <laughs> charger, so Jesus I'm in trouble. Christ. I was hoping it was just a mini USB or something. But, no but uh, the funny thing is I was thinking about canceling this too, just because like, well, it got to like a shitload. I know a shitload of people online had reserved their consoles on Wednesday. Right. Or uh, had reserved their consoles uh, through Amazon.com. It got to be Wednesday whenever it seemed like that that was going to be the day that have to start sharp uh, start shipping consoles to get them out to people before Friday, which was launch day. Uh, it seemed like everyone in the <laughs> else in the world uh, by the end of Friday had their console shipped, so that mm-hmm. gave me a whole day to kind of like, Think well, they it. haven't shipped my console yet, and I'm like, do I really need this? And yeah. especially like, looking at all the reviews, because uh, also Wednesday was when I think a lot of the PS4 review embargoes went up, so yeah. you started seeing reviews again. And then there was no bad reviews of the console, the game itself, but you kind of like, people started live streaming PS4 mm-hmm. stuff, and you kind of see them like, oh, this, this doesn't look that much better than what I have, and I was like, it is 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a new console, but, like, I spent all day kind of contemplating, yeah. yeah. But then Amazon had a buy, uh, suddenly uh, decided to have a buy one, get one free sale, where if you uh, bought a game, you get a second game for free, just out of the blue. Hmm. And I already had Assassin's Creed 4 pre-ordered, so mm-hmm. they were like, well, would you like an extra free game? And I'm like, fuck! And so I got a sa- uh, so I got Call of Duty, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm great. on the hook for two games, one of which is free. Maybe I won't cancel that pre-order, yeah. and so I like yeah, both both the, yeah. the, the, the console and everything showed up. But uh, yeah, no, that, that's that's you know got got free Call of Duty, which isn't yeah. bad. And that's the other thing is that kind of sealed the fate on me getting the Xbox because I was yeah I also had an Xbox One pre-order. Yeah. The one because both consoles essentially have the same launch lineup. Yeah. The one game I was going to get on the Xbox One was going to be Call of Duty. Yeah. Because I just if I was going to get both consoles, Call of Duty. I've always played all my first-person shooters on, on the Xbox yeah. 360. Just because that's yeah. my default, and I'm so used to that controller and everything like mm-hmm. that. But now that I have it on the PlayStation Three, that was the one game I was saving myself yeah. to play on the Xbox One. And now that I had the PlayStation Three version of that, I officially had no reason yeah. to get an Xbox One at launch. Cut to Friday. Oh, the actual reviews for the console PlayStation Four console itself mm-hmm. uh, went live on like Thursday or Friday. Then the morning that they broke, I spent, I was trying to read the reviews in bed and my iPad has been winding down for a long time. I've got a first generation iPad that doesn't. It's kind of comically broken. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mechanically it works. It's just all the apps are super slow because they were, they're all designed for a version of iOS as hasn't been supported for a couple of years now. And so like going, Polygon had a a review of the PlayStation 4. It was scored too, which was kind of ridiculous, but like. My apps kept on crashing when I was trying to open that. Like, just uh, all the reviews I was trying to read of all this stuff online. My iPad kept on crashing. And I was like, yeah. you know what? Fuck it. If I'm going to cancel my play- Xbox One pre-order, yeah. I'm just going to take that 500 bucks. And the same day that all these all these Xbox, uh, all this PlayStation 4 embargo stuff went off, it was also announced that the, uh, Apple just came out with a new iPad mini retina. Yeah. Which I was kind of thinking about, like, oh, man, yeah. I need to replace my iPad. And this all, within the course of, like, 72 hours, all this it shit different happened. It was a sign, happened. dude. The planets aligned. And so I went down downtown because uh, I was like, well, maybe I'll go check out the, the iPad minis at the Apple store. 
I forgot going down to downtown Portland, there's a Microsoft store right across the street from yeah, there is. the mall. From so, the mall yeah. And I'm walking past the Microsoft store. <laughs> this is on this is no, this is Thursday, the day before the PlayStation uh-huh. 4 launches. And I see they actually have an Xbox One demo unit. Oh, did no they? No one's playing it. They had a it's demo right on, unit? Yeah, and it was it's right right in front of their big window. Uh-huh. Like leading out of the street. Uh-huh. And it's funny because the guys like the guys are inside the Microsoft store. They're not doing anything because they have no customers. Right. But they see me, big fat doopy guy with a Super Mario Brothers hat on. Yeah. Looking like a giant fucking four year old just wandered off a fucking play, uh, playground. Like, I like I kind of stopped, like, I physically stopped right and, like, kind of did a double take <laughs> on the street. And they were like, la- I can't remember, they were all laughing because they saw me and I yeah. saw them laughing. Like, like, yeah. like it was a whole fuck kind of funny thing. So I played uh, um, Forza and Killer Instinct on the Xbox One for a little bit. This is yeah. my way to the mall yeah. to, like, cancel to... my Xbox One <laughs> yeah. order. Yeah. And it was fine. The controller, the Xbox One controller feels funkier. Yeah. Than the Xbox 360 controller. I don't know if that's because it's slightly redesigned. The top of the Xbox One controller is a little bit narrower, so like mm-hmm. your fingers on the shoulder buttons feels a little bit weirder. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the thumbsticks are higher and smaller, mm-hmm. and which that's not the bad thing. But like the Xbox three uh, Xbox 360 controller sticks, they have kind of rubberized tops. Yeah, it doesn't seem as if the ones for the Xbox One do. They feel like just hmm. like hard rigid plastic. No, and they felt slipperier on my thumbs. No, and I sh- I didn't really look down to see what what the thumbsticks looked like, but it felt like yeah, kind of like yeah. hard just like plastic. Huh. And so that was fine. I played that stuff, but nothing about the Xbox One impressed me touching it. It wasn't terrible or anything. I was yeah. kind of like, well, oh, that's that Xbox One. The only yeah. thing interesting about uh, playing that live was I got to do like the snap feature where oh, I accidentally yeah. hit the pot like hit the Xbox menu button right mm-hmm. in the middle of the game which the game still kept on going even though it popped out of the menu and like I could do the Kinect stuff and all that shit. Yeah, yeah the Kinect the Kinect's actually very tiny this time. That's nice. It's the size of a large stapler which is kind of oh, yeah. nice yeah. if you don't have a lot of like uh, room in front of your TV mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, I have an old old generation Kinect it's, that's, it's like the yeah. size of a Toblerone bar. <laughs> yeah. This it is smaller than that. Yeah. Uh, so I got to play Xbox One went to the mall Said fuck it. Oh, and I get to go play uh, at GameStop. I stopped by the GameStop in the mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it was Friday. It was actually no Thursday, the day before launch. Oh, so I got to talk to the people at GameStop about like what you guys doing tonight? It's midnight launch. And they're like, we make cookies. Aww. And the lady behind the counter. It's funny because the GameStop. There's no one in the GameStop either because I thought there might be a couple people. Yeah. Maybe even already camped out because yeah. I've seen other GameStops in the past yeah. with people new console coming out. Yeah. Especially that midnight. This is like noon. I thought there might be a couple people in green. There's right. that was completely empty, except for a lesbian couple that was looking at all the uh, 3DS games. Aww. They're obviously super dikey. Yeah, and there was a chubby lady who was uh, working the counter, and she was trying to like, oh man, we got the Xbox, we got that PlayStation 4 coming coming out tonight. You got to pre-order that. And I was like, no, nah, I got mine coming from Amazon. I'm sorry, but she kind of laughed at that. She's like, oh yeah, that's kind of the story of everybody this this year. Yeah, but she said that she had made a whole big batch of. Um, blue cookies to serve to the people yeah. coming over for the PlayStation 4 to launch at that midnight. Yeah. And she had already made a batch of green cookies at the same time that they'll serve a week later. <laughs> and I was like, they're going to be weeks yeah, down? She's like, yeah, whatever. Everyone sums it all up, doesn't it? Yeah, I know, exactly. Well, the thing is, like, you hold the PS4 controller, it is a compelling-ass controller. It oh, feels that's, good in your they, hands. At the GameStop, like, after I was done talking to her, like, they had the demo unit, yeah. and, like, the thumbsticks are stickier. They have, like, yeah. kind of the sticky, gummy, rubberized tops. 
it feels actually feels more like a, like just a like slightly refined 360 controller yeah. than the actual Xbox One new controller. Yeah, it does. Which is really weird. It even has like the PlayStation 4 controller has like rub. Why is it even rubberized like grips or anything? Yeah, like? a little bit. But and they feels... fix the triggers. The triggers now have that 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 concave curve to them, so your fingers just rest in them. Yeah, so it's, it's just smart. It's, I I pref- that's the other thing. Just even the feel of the controllers. I was yeah. like. Fuck the, yeah, Xbox. fuck the Xbox. And so then I went down to the Apple store and the bot on the first floor of the mall mm-hmm. and I walked in and I was like, what is your iPad mean? I just canceled my Xbox Pro. <laughs> and, and, and exactly, for the exact same amount of money I would have yeah. spent on uh, an Xbox, I got myself yeah. mini and replaced my old broken ass. Good on you, Bill. So that meant this week, even more than any PlayStation 4 games, I've been playing Tiny Death Star more than anything else. <laughs> so what is Tiny Death Star? Did you see or play Tiny Tower? Yes, Bill, do you not remember that I played against you? Do you not remember all this? Did that my goal was to defeat you, and I did, and just... I stopped playing? Spoilers, it's the same fucking game, <laughs> except instead of a tiny tower, it's a, you're, you're building levels inside the Death Star. That's adorable. Yeah, and you're playing as uh, the Emperor and Darth Vader. <laughs> and there's this whole thing about how you decide to build a mall inside the Death Star because you can make money. It's easier to make money that way as being land barons than it is to actually go out and get real jobs to pay for the Death Star. <laughs> comedically it's all yeah, very it's silly great. but it's got this great like jazzy soundtrack of yeah. jazzy reinterpretations of all the star wars music oh, that's it's great. very it's kind of like very silly like all the people moving to your tower all star wars aliens and stuff yeah but then all the shops are star wars themed like yeah i don't think you can rename the shops like you could in the first tiny tower yeah but that's the, the point is like it's yeah, all the games like yeah. it's like in, the ice cream shop is called like is like the scoop of hoth <laughs> and like oh, it's all their stupid it's just it is goddamn cute. And I, yeah, I really have played more of that than yeah. Assassin's Creed 4. I, I really probably didn't need to buy the PlayStation 4. But yeah. no, at least I have the PlayStation 4. I don't have to worry about yeah. that. Yeah, you got it off, off the list. It's, uh, it's new next gen. You know, actually, it's kind it's of a Blu-ray pretty... player. Yeah, no, I gotta say, I'm, I have to, having played it a little while... Well, this I would is, go out and buy one This right is... Now. Well, it's, it's we were talking about this with our friend Maxwell Montley before the podcast, how um, Sony was talking about how the whole reason why... Uh, so many other territories in the world aren't getting the PlayStation until way later. Japan's not getting it until February, and et cetera, et cetera. Is because they wanted to make sure that people could walk into a store soon after launch and just pick up a PlayStation 4. Yeah. Like, they, they wanted to have enough to fulfill all the pre-orders, but still make it, like, like there's no... Sh- trying to keep a it... Yeah, shortage. Yeah. And truth the fact that, like, after all the pre-orders went out on Amazon.com, Amazon then suddenly had the launch edition of the PlayStation 4 back in stock. Mm-hmm. And they keep on. I mean, it keeps on going in and out of stock. But the fact that they can yeah. restock it, uh, I've heard on Twitter people yesterday here in Portland were talking about Fred Meyer's, our local grocery store chain. You could just walk into the store and just buy it. Like mm-hmm. you, even this morning, you could well, go into Fred Meyer's and pick it up right off the uh, store shelf. And of course, Annie, you know, probably have to go uh, past the Fred Meyer's to get home. Shut up. Well, especially with the, this free copy of Call of Duty, uh, I'm like, Annie, you can just let you borrow Call of Duty. Uh, um, oh, that's the best thing. Why not take advantage of this PlayStation 4 with its, you can borrow other people's games and yeah. games. Let's do oh, that. Yeah. Come on, take advantage oh, of it. Yeah. This, this console that broke Xbox's back yeah. and made it so we can borrow each other's so games. So I did buy um, Assassin's oh. Creed 4 for the PlayStation 3, um, specifically so numbers. I could do the... I could uh, do did the... you did, uh, did, did you get two copies of Play- Assassin's Creed 4 the PlayStation right. 3? I've been talking not too the much, Xbox Bill. One? You should talk, so... <laughs> I just say I got another lengthy story about how I also went to the mall and then I there's this kid. So Assassin's Creed Four. Oh, it's the first time I ever saw a woman where I was like, I think that lady might be a prostitute. <laughs> there is really the first time. I don't know if I'm crazy, but I love this 
world where like I know I've had to have ridden on the bus with like murderers <laughs> and junkies and prostitutes, but I still I have never in my life looked at someone and said they're probably a murderer. <laughs> but like, hey, have you ever seen anyone in real life? I'm like, oh, that's a prostitute. Yes. It's not a judge. Well, it's not a judgment. Well, no, it's not like you shout out. Yeah, prostitute. <laughs> I got you. When you see three scantily clad women in a street corner talking to a man in a truck, it's not a like reasonable conclusion. Have you never no, had I was, this Well, especially at the mall. How many prostitutes are at the mall? Are they... Wait, inside the mall? Yeah. Um, there was this lady. Well, this is also racist, too, but I'm not going to try to cut down the racist. Also, it might be slightly, slightly homophobic. Okay, no, you so, know what? No, I'm going to cut you off entirely. Uh, I got Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag for the PlayStation 3 just because they had a deal where when I get my PlayStation 4, I can get the PS4 version for 10 bucks. Yeah. Which she's about, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. About, I was like, okay, that's fine. So, um. Also, doesn't the DLC and, like, any kind of extra orders you get, like, go. Like, if you get, like, I a don't season know. pass. Like, I hope. I would that's hope what so. I've heard that supposedly all the season passed up between. That would be nice. The, I it, think that, that works for both consoles, too. That's, that's not, like, a PlayStation exclusive. That's a logical thing, sense. but that's not always based on logic. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> based on the parameters of the hardware and software. Ugh. Anyway, um, the, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag is a good game. I was not going to get it just because Assassin's Creed 3 was so terrible. They have fixed all the issues of Assassin's Creed 3 from floor to ceiling. Well, it's more They're, shanties now. That, that well, kind of yes. fixes everything. It's less buggy. There are mm-hmm. no loading screens. They got rid of Desmond, so the quote-unquote real stuff, world stuff. Yeah, is, supposedly this there's whole, not that much futuristic stuff. Or they've got this whole meta-narrative going on that's kind of interesting. Um, they, uh, uh, the, char- the protagonist is more interesting than Connor was. Bless, but he is. Um, uh, the environments kinda, are better. I was a little bummed that, like, the first, like, all the European characters you meet at the beginning of the game are all, like, Nordic kind of blonde dudes. You, you meet, you meet well, I'm not sure you will, but it's kind of funny. It seems like you're watching fucking Thor at the beginning. Your, your right-hand man eventually is this African guy who's pretty rad. Okay, yeah. Well, so, you're in, you're in, like, Cuba and the Oh, Caribbean yeah, exactly. It makes like sense. Makes, yeah. If you're with pirates, you should have a range of ethnicities. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, the uh, uh, I'm in, I'm really enjoying it. I like the music. I mean, yeah, it's still oh, be even the menu music. I was like, this yeah, kind of cool. Like, it's kind of great. <laughs> it is. I have only hit like one bug. Like it, it, they very clearly took everything. They, they, uh, Assassin's Creed Three felt like training wheels for Assassin's Creed. 4. Have they said anything about? Because I'm assuming they've got to have at least two different Assassin's Creed teams if they're pumping out these games oh, every year. Well, there are and probably like Assassin's... 500 people working in the Assassin's Creed franchise. I'm assuming Assassin's Creed Three, because it was a three, was probably the B team. I'm assuming this would be the team that did like Brotherhood, which is the game that came out two years ago. If they're yeah. doing like a Call of yeah. Duty style, like what they're a lot leaving each other. Brotherhood was more than two years year. ago because there was revelations in between then too. Which one was Revelation? Oh, no, Brotherhood. No, Revelation. Okay, whatever the third yeah. Assassin's Creed Part 2. Get fucked. <laughs> Video games. Anyway. Jeez so, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed, if you are an Assassin's Creed enthusiast, highly recommend getting Black Flag. It's really good. It's really pleasurable. The uh, Another mm. problem with Assassin's Creed 3 was the uh, locations, by definition, are short buildings with broad, wide streets. Yeah. So, navigating through the environments wasn't very interesting. Yeah. And the difference, let me finish, I, the different cities. Like, ah! The different the different um, cities that you're in were kind of samey, and even though the environment was slightly varied, it was, was... It just like Boston, New York, and uh, no, it was New York. It Toronto? was Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia makes sense. Um, oh, that's right, because you're collecting pages from Benjamin yeah. Button Hooks. It was just it was just not very well done. Here, let's see. I've been to Havana. Cuba. 
I've been to, um, what's the other city I've been to? Anyway, the cities feel different enough. It makes sense Tampa. that they have density to them. And they the interest, they did it made a change. So in the earlier Assassin's Creed games, there are these like city hubs that were connected by um, open environmental yeah. areas. They've changed that in this game where there are a bunch of hubs connected by the ocean. They're all islands. So the sense. ocean, the um, ship stuff is not just like essentially a mini game like it was in Assassin's Creed 3 that you could skip. And I did. I didn't do any of the sea battles are the ones I was forced to do through the narrative. In this game... That's literally the first thing you do in this game is they put you on a boat. They say, hey, Larry, go get on the wheel of the boat. And, like, the first five minutes you're just doing sea combat. They made it so that the sea... the, the, The... ocean vessel is essentially your horse for lack of a better word yeah it's an extension of your body because like when you control that like when you move your but even beyond that you can literally let go of the ship's wheel jump to the ocean oh really somewhere around like you can if you see an island oh i thought you were like just you go up to the island you can jump off your boat go explore the island Uh, without any loading screens get back into your ship i know sail around i know they're going to be putting out an update for the playstation 4 uh sony acquiesced to people now they're going to put back in they're going to patch in cd an MP3 support for the uh, PlayStation 3. Yeah. Um, so that means now I can uh, take some Wind Waker MP3s, some sailing music. Man, the music is really good, dude. I know. If you do that, you won't hear your crew singing shanties as sail you sail away, around. Sail away, sail away, Come on, this game's made for any of the blue ocean. <laughs> anyway, it's no, I'm really, a good time, I'm though. really enjoying it. It's a beautiful game. I mean, it's still a, it has all the problems of Assassin's Creed, but I'm curious. My big. My big issue with Assassin's Creed has always been a lack of fellowship and kinship in games. Yeah, you were talking about that, like, you ho- you were hoping to get that with the farm you eventually unlock in Assassin's Creed 3, which yeah. I only know of, because you told me about that, like, we were probably talking about that exactly yeah. a year ago, but It yeah. was an attempt to solve that problem, but, yeah. and I was hoping with this that the ship would serve that purpose, and your crew would serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. So far, it doesn't seem that way, but it's still... You don't still... get to name your ship or anything, right? No. no. Oh, okay. Uh, but, any uh, famous pirates? Yes, oh, of course. Are you kidding? I'm forced gumping left and right. Um, uh, but it's a, it's a pretty... I, I'm enjoying it. Have so you seen far. any clues about what the next Assassin's Creed game might be? Rumors are it's going to be Egypt. Well, did you re- did you remember that e- Ubisoft put out a like a demo for a game that was supposed yeah. to take place in Egypt? And yeah. they never said anything more about that? Well, it wasn't, they didn't put out a demo. It was a leak. Or whatever it was. Well, yeah. it was, maybe it was a quote. It was just leak. a bunch of people kind of standing around in Egyptian costumes. It was a big thug Egyptian guy. Or something like that. Yeah, it yeah. was great. I was like, I want to play him. <laughs> I want to be thug brute guy. Yeah, oh, I'd be, I'd be nice. down. They've uh, they well see that would be interesting because how do you do a, a Assassin's Creed game that is pre um the Crusades because all the language of the Assassin's Creed universe are the assassins oh, that's a good point. and so the Templars. But however, this conflict has existed e- even before well, the this cycle yeah. of human culture, etc. So it'll be curious to see how they how they translate that in a pre Crusades uh, context. Yeah. So. Anyway, video games, video games. Let's take a pause here. We got uh, the Boy Hiding Mailbox. Fuck yeah! Got a package here from our good friend uh, uh, Hannah up down in Australia. Hannah, thank you so much. Sent us care oh, package. Oh man, care package full of. Uh, there's at least Vegemite in there, according to the customs uh, label. So let's let's crack into this. I'm totally fine. We got we have to start. Oh my god, it just exploded. Oh, look at that stuff. Yeah, I'm totally doing fine with doing, like, snack trades with people from all over the world. This would be great. We're fine with y'all sending us stuff, guys. Yeah! So let's see, we have, sure enough, we got some Vegemite. Oh, man. I'm going to do my terrible she Australian could get some bread for this stuff. This. Oh, man, I've never uh, tasted Vegemite before. We got some Tim Tams. Let's 
Wait, Tim's. how do you open Vegemite? We got two bags of Tim Tim. Oh, this may, may, may this could make for some terrible radio. How do you we open Vegemite? Oh, wait, Tim Tim. Wait, this is Australian? Oh, you gotta take some back to Foley. Let's see, we got some. Oh my god, Tim. I have some English breakfast. What the hell is Tim Tams? Is this like coffee flavor chip? It looks like a chocolatey thing. Chocolate biscuit. There's a card. We'll get some. Aww, Hannah, Let's you're see. the best. Uh, pretty delightful. Oh I love that there is a Cadbury snack called Kelly Willy. I always forget Cadbury's a big deal overseas. Yeah. Let's see. We got some gummy snakes. Oh my god, am I gonna have to look up a YouTube video about how to open Vegemite? It's oh well see there's a seal on it that's why you're having trouble yeah but they're not it's not chocolate, the seal chocolate oh Love this is funny because you can buy well you know what this makes me want to buy because a Cadbury uh, dairy milk bar this looks almost exactly like the ones you can get at Fred Meyer's yeah they started selling them in the United States I'm kind of but I wonder I'm sure they're probably not even made uh, is all Cadbury made in England and export I don't know. otherwise this would be the same but unless sometimes huh. they just license the license oh and this is funny too because I saw um I guess Cadbury <laughs> sorry I guess, Gil, I got fluff oh, on your shit. <laughs> I saw Cadbury in the UK. I think it's this year. What the hell is this all? Oh, it's English tea! Yeah, English tea, my friend. Oh my god, Madonna oh, of Australia. There's instructions on how to eat Tim Tams. Oh. Step one, bite off opposite it's... ends of Bicky. <laughs> Step two, <laughs> liquid, be it milk, tea, coffee, or whiskey. Probably not. No, now I'm going to do it with whiskey. Step three, dip one bitten end into drink of choice. Step four, drink liquid using Tim Tam as straw. Are we going to eat this now, or does this require some Step preparation? Five, we'll happy. do this next week. Well, I'm going to take one of these Tim Tams, my friend. Okay, so I'll save this. Maybe we'll do a live... Well, we can, oh, tasting. should we open this this now? No, because we don't have any liquid to drink it with. She gave... Literally, she hand-wrote instructions. Oh, we have to make like, how tea and stuff Tim like Tams. this. Yeah! Oh, you know what? Maybe next week... Oh, my God. Aw, Hannah... Hannah, uh, needless to say, let us know what kind of stuff from the America you might find interesting. <laughs> what would we give? Okay, so if we're going to do snack trades, what's like the most... Okay, so it's Reese's Cups. What do we send out? Reese's See, Cups, Cadbury Easter eggs. Are you going to say the most oh, American the Cadbury. thing? Or the most the good stuff. Portland thing? Because as Portlanders... Well, wait, wait, where's Hannah from again? Australia. No. Bill. No, <laughs> it's big. But I'm just saying, like, if I, Bill, if I were back in Texas, oh, I would say New, a Texas she's thing. She's from Newtown. So this is representative of Newtown specifically. Portland has such distinct uh, experience, cultural, and food experience. So have you watched Legend of Court at all? Again, it's not since the first two episodes. the first two episodes. That's right. Uh, there's a whole thing about tea in there that makes me want to drink more tea all of a sudden. Oh my god, this is fantastic. I'm going to take this tea. National, uh, yeah, sorry, apologies for people listening at home, but this is really cool. Oh, it's a gummy one. It's the Natural Confectionery Company. Yeah, so if you want to take one thing at Tim Tam's home, you and Foley can taste this. Uh, we'll keep these here. Next week, when we have less stuff to talk about, what we do, we will do, we <laughs> we'll will do make tea. We will notes. eat Tim Tams yeah. as instructed. I will buy another thing of Cadbury Dairy Milk just to compare yeah. the two between the ones she just gave us. Yeah. Uh, and we will eat some of the Curly Whirlies. Yeah, this is some really wonky shit. So anyway, this no. This is pretty great. You know, you Boy Howdy listeners are the best. Like, every single Boy Howdy listener I've been... You guys are all... Even the people, people who have never sent us anything. Yeah. <laughs> free stuff no, or like, anything like people, that. No, but just the folk... All of y'all that I have spoken to on... on yeah. All the hard work we put <laughs> No, but really, y'all are amazing. Thank you so much. Y'all are sweethearts. Are you taking half the English tea? Yes. Motherfucker. I can't believe it. I actually it. drink tea. <laughs> 
gonna say. Do you? Just I even fucking brew it right, dude. Wait, how do you? Wait, what, how do you brew it wrong? You put, um, you gotta put milk in there, right? That's the English style. Well, you know, in America, normally what you do is you have a mug, you put a tea bag in the mug, what do they put and you it pour in hot water. Well, you brew it in a, in your in mouth? a coffee pot, and like you have a teapot. What do you oh, think teapots are for? What if I don't have a teapot? I do have a hot water. Well, just, just something to put it in with a with a lid. Just let it steep. Yeah, let it steep, and then you pour. And you, it, with this, depending on how this is, if this is a bag. So you just put the whole bag without opening yeah. it into the hot water, right? Yeah. And it steeps. I mean, you do it the same way, but you don't you don't through keep the label it steeping indefinitely. No, you open it. So no, so uh, Duncan Jones, director of Moon on Twitter, he actually uh, this week on YouTube posted this great. I guess they're doing this Christmas commercial for Cadbury. Yeah. I guess so. I guess getting Cadbury chocolate in, uh, in. What's it called? Not just the UK, but the whole, the sh- all the shit that the the Queen oversees, the her queenership, New the Zealand, Commonwealth? the Commonwealth. I guess it's a big deal in the Commonwealth. Christmas, you open up a Cadbury Ooh. candy, and supposedly it's the sound of the foil opening is like yeah. a big Christmas like. What the hell? Okay, I opened a curly whirl. What the hell is that? I presumed it was like some sort of fruit based. Is it like a toffee? What the fuck? It looks like a chocolate girder from Donkey Kong. Milk chocolate. There's milk chocolate. That's, that's just chocolate. On the outside. What's in the inside? Caramel? Dingo semen. Oh my god. So you know what? They're out filming Mad Max right now. They actually announced it this week. They're actually still filming more Mad stuff. Mad Max stuff this week. This is what they're eating on the set with Tom <laughs> Hardy. Okay, I'm going to try some of this curly wood. Do it. We should ruin the podcast on both ends. Actually, I have a cavity, and no, all you- this is pain in my mouth right now. <laughs> See why you, you haven't gone to the dentist. You have dental insurance, though. Mm, I know I'm a dentist. It's not interesting. I'm I've not got a hammer. God. That's oh, and your molar? Let's not talk about it. Oh, it's cavity. Well, now you're going to have more cavity. Also, it's like, it's 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 caramel. What the hell is this? Yeah, it's milk chocolate, caramel. Caramel! God damn it. Okay. It is made in Poland, thank you. Mmm. Tastes like Nazis. Christ, bro. I like handers from Poland. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's caramel milk chocolate. Milk chocolate with caramel center. It's good. It's really good. I've always seen, like, like, like in Australia, they'll have, like, musk-flavored candy and stuff. <laughs> I'm glad to see that's not, like, their first... Oh, the Vegemite! Yeah, I'm going to have to look up a fact about... You know, yeah, yeah Annie, okay, you're smart. Yeah, you try to figure that it's out. Just, it's like a milk... No, try it. See what happens. You feel like you're gonna break it. Yeah, you do break it, Bill. Oh. <laughs> That's literally what you do. Let's see. I want to see what it smells like. We're not going to taste it now. It smells like cardboard. That's an effect. Oh, no, yeah, it actually smells like bullion. Like yeah, soup it smells bullion. Like, it smells like yeast. Yeah, it's like... Bread, is it more yeast, yeast stuff? Oh, so, so, okay, so Vegemite is not Marmite. That's what I think. That's what Max is trying to tell us while she was uh, uh, face FaceTiming with us yeah, from the UK. Yeah, it's concentrated yeast extract. Oh Jesus! You just put that on by bread by itself. That's apparently. Oh my God! This is, next week's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm not. I've had a Vegemite person. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done. This will be fantastic. But oh yeah, the curly wars are really are fantastic. Okay, what else? What else did you do this week? Um, I Man, thank Burial. you, Hannah. Yeah, thank you so much, Hannah. You're super the best. sweet of you. I'm really excited to try Tim Tam with some coffee with my wife. You know what? You know I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to read. What What, what did you buy with uh, Sean Baca's? Man, another oh, Australian. I got Assassin's Creed. Oh, I got Byzantium. I need to talk about Byzantium. Is that good? Uh, no. It was, yes and no. <laughs> Fuck you, Sean Baca. No, that's not his fault. I wanted to get it. You know what was good about it? Jim no, we have to talk about the wall. 
You Gemma Arterton's titties, my friend. I love that we get that, like, we're talking about this movie paid for uh, by a uh, boy howdy listener while eating candy. <laughs> the supply boy. Oh, man. So, no, Tim I Tams. Got... No, wait, not Tim Tams. <laughs> a curly whirly. Mm. So, I got Assassin's Creed 4, which I'm re- honestly really Sean Baca. I need to thank you for that because I was not going to buy this game. I was not. I only got it because you paid for it. I need and I'm to, so you grateful. know what? I need to talk more about the books I got. I'll you know, I'll probably buff up on that the next week. Now that I have free time. I had a whole bunch of work stuff that I just finished up this week. Now god, now I've got curly whirlies on my iPad. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, um uh I got Byzantium for my wife because my wife uh, we're both big Gemma Arterton fans. And uh, really, I probably got the full Gemma Arterton or uh, Byzantium experience from the Tumblr gifts that were posted. But um, my wife wanted to see it. it. Didn't really get a wide release in the states. It's from the dude who did. I didn't hear about it until you told me about it. Yeah. It's fr- we got a really super limited release. It's from the dude who did um, Interview with a Vampire. Oh, okay. And I like that guy. So Neil Young, Neil Jordan, Neil Jordan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, he did a great werewolf movie too, where there's like werewolf sex and shit. It's fucked up. <laughs> what was the werewolf movie called? Uh, in the in the werewolves of werewolfdom. I don't know. Actually, it's something something. <laughs> so anyway, um, it was not great. Um, not through the fault of anyone necessarily acting in it. Gemma Arterton plays the mother of what's her name, Ceres Ronan. Ceres Ronan. Yeah. Yeah, I like her from Hannah, right? From Hannah. Yeah. And so, um, Gemma Arterton. They was... both get naked. No, only Gemma Arterton does. Oh, okay. Gemma Arterton. What's her face is only like like I'm surprised she's eighteen. The whole thing with Gemma Arterton was that she was just this, you know. This lowly um, fisherman's daughter, um, and from, there were these the two, yeah, like back in the day, like in Regency era, and these two officers were both kind of enamored of her. One who was kind of kind, and one who was um, Johnny Lee Miller, who's a prick. And Johnny Lee Miller um, takes her to the city, um, forces himself upon her, and leaves her in a whorehouse, and so she becomes a whore. Um, and uh, she eventually. This is Byzantium. This is Byzantium, and she uh, finds out that the meanwhile the good officer uh, becomes ill and is dying and discovers there's this island where you can attain immortality. You can become a vampire. So he takes his bro Johnny Lee Miller to this island and etc etc vampires etc. So Gemma Arterton finds out about this, and um, she goes and becomes a vampire, and. Uh, Get has Does she suddenly become all sexy? No, she was kind well, that's of. That's the movie stereotype. The woman is all like, eh, I got three well, teeth and, and my she's, boobs hang on. She's a she's a prostitute, so yeah. she is forced to you know expose herself. And the thing is, is that it's kind of the only life that she knows. So when she, even as a vampire, when she needs to make money, she runs a brothel. Like that's what she does because okay. that's really well, she's the only thing not, she knows. Yeah. yeah, but she uses her sex as a weapon. Well, before she became a vampire. She had a daughter, and she left. She sent the daughter to an orphanage. Well, Johnny Lou Miller finds the daughter and forces himself on her too. Jesus Christ! So, so he's raped both of them. Yeah. Uh, so Gemma Arterton turns her daughter into a vampire to kind of protect her, so that and they can travel together. So it's at the kernel of this movie. The core of this movie is a mother daughter story, and you don't get that very often. You just don't, especially in a vampire movie. Exactly, yeah. like a genre, like yeah. Yeah, and so at the end of the day, it's kind of like Brave, where I didn't think the Brave was a great movie, but at the end of the day, a mother daughter story, I'm going to give a pass to some extent, just because you don't see. That's funny when a movie's more unique, just for what it's about, rather than that actually what it's 
it's like how it's executed, whether yeah. it's good, but yeah. I think the problems I had with Byzantium, I thought Gemma Arterton was great, and she she is from kind of lower class um, uh, London, so she's got this broad accent that's really great. So she did a really good job with the character. She's a lot What's of fun. What's her natural accent? That is her natural accent. She oh, it is broad lower class accent. Oh, uh, but um, she, the dumbest thing of this whole movie, this movie takes itself pretty seriously and does so pretty successfully, except that these vampires, rather than having fangs, um, their thumbnail grows out to this point. And so they use that to stab into a person, like into their wrist or into their throat to drink their I've blood. Seen, you know what? He, the what's name did the same thing. There's actually a vampire does that. Like, I think Lestat actually has the same. He has a thumb. He doesn't have a nail, but he has like a thumb like piercing, so he'll yeah. like if you just pierce someone's wrist, the blood comes out. You yeah. don't have to worry about biting or anything. So like that's that. that's what it is about Byzantium. They have this this nail that comes so out. So it's a, like instead of a coke nail, it's a blood nail. Exactly. Yeah. That was a joke my wife made. <laughs> well, it's really great is that so this movie takes itself pretty seriously, pretty straightforward, very whatever. Except that there are these two dudes who are like the head of the vampire brotherhood. And the whole thing, the kind of the the conflict of the movie is that Vampires. Did you eat that whole curly whirly? No, Bill. I took one bite and then you took it. Oh, over there. Here, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You ass. I'm getting angry about what the curly whirly was. <laughs> um, uh, the, the the brother the the vampires are a, a society of men, and these women are not welcome. And is it all just men on that island? Uh, well, it's an island you go to to become a vampire, and then you go back up to the world. It's like this abandoned island. This is your this is your vengeance for me talking about the mall so much. Yes, it is. So. <laughs> Uh, there are these men who are trying to kill her, no. and they're tracking her down and trying to kill her daughter because only a man can create, only a man can create another vampire. Women cannot. Oh, so this is a vengeance for, because normally only women can create life. This is the guy's equivalent yeah, of exactly. like, yeah, it's a, that kind of like. So there are these two vampire dudes who are in the Brotherhood who are trying to track her down and kill her and her daughter, and they, and more twice or three times in the movie they call them, the pointed nails of justice. This movie that is entirely 100% serious then rolls out this, like, fucking... Oh, I thought maybe that spells out something funny if the nope. acronym... Nope. Pointed Nails of Justice? Pointed Nails of Justice. It's like something from Buffy the Vampire Ex Slayer. No, it's, it looks like from, like, some shitty, like, like hammer comic. movie. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. It's a middle-tier hammer movie. It's just so funny. That <laughs> is it pretty, though? Because that guy it's, directs it's, pretty movies. The Some of the, the cinematography is pretty good. Is and Gamera the color palette is really good. Is her really boobs good. hanging out? Because well, you she's, said... She's, you, that's the first thing you said when talking about this movie. That's what I know about this movie, because all the Tumblr gifts, I was like, yes. So I'm she's sexy? For being she's, a prostitute she's vampire? Well, she's, like, tarting it up. She's really pretty. But her, her, like I said, the movie at its core, I'm going to give it so many passes. I don't think it was necessarily a very nuanced mother-daughter relationship. I think Gemma Arterton's character was interesting. The other character was not. Mm -hmm. She was just kind of a wet, a limp noodle. And it, it, it was really, that was really unfortunate. But I just, I, it was interesting to have a vampire story that was about that relationship. As opposed to being a super sexual one or a story of well, usually like, sexual movie stories are like super power. sexy hetero, yeah, like kind of rape fantasy, kind of weird shit, or some kind of like. I mean, and well, there no, was actually, an aspect well, even, to that. Well, even this guy's previous vampire movie, you know, vampire yeah. that was actually homoerotic, like yeah. two adults. Although they're, 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 although the vampires do end up with they they do have their own young daughter played by a rising young blonde starlet. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. It was it was interesting. It was definitely worth $10. So thank you, Sean Baca. Was, for... uh, as, as a prostitute, is Gamera Adderton dressed in uh, thigh-high leather uh, stiletto boots with a tiny, tiny little dress? Is this what you saw at the mall? Yeah! Bringing it back to Bill's story. <laughs> That's so short. You can see that she's got teal panties. You can see the color of her panties because her, like, 
and her ass is hanging out. Uh-huh. And, like, a jacket. And she's hanging out. She's... This is the terrible part. She's Asian. For some reason, like, a woman dressed like this, even Asian, kind of plays into, like, oh, Asian prostitute stereotype. But she was with a 70-year-old man who, like, looked like a war veteran or something. Like, he kind of looked like an old guy. Like, you'd see at, like, a war veteran memorial. Just kind of, like, he had, like, this very kind of officer kind of thing. But they were just kind of, like, running around talking. And, like, she was, she was dressed like... It's not like they were calling attention to themselves or anything. It was one of those things who were walking. I was kind of like, I wonder if this... If, even if she's not a prostitute and he's a John, I wonder what their story was. Because yeah. it's this girl dressed very provocatively. And, it, and, like, they had their arms around... You know, they had their arms hooked around each other. And it was kind of like... It's, well, she's a prostitute. I don't know. It's the first hey, time Bill, in my life Bill. I ever thought... What are you telling me about? I'm being sexist, racist, <laughs> ageist. Bill, what are you talking about Star Trek Online? That's also weird, too, because like there's a stereotype of like the Vietnam-era guys really being into Asian women. I don't know. It's a whole thing. I know it was from growing up and stuff. Like, it's yeah. kind of weird. There's issues there. It's almost there. like a stereotype. I think, well, this of... is all me projecting, too, at the same time. But it's like, yeah, anyway. Those are a lot of things to project at once. Bill, tell me about Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online. Oh, Star Trek Online, which is an MMO that, about Star Trek that came out for the PCs like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Just came out for the first time this week for the Mac. So I got to play a little bit of that. It's very silly. <laughs> and it's just World of a really crappy World of Warcraft with Star Trek shit thrown on. I only played it for like 20 minutes uh, because the servers went down the first time I played it. They had to take the servers down. But before the servers went down, I got to create my Captain uh, Captain Josephine Hermione Aids. <laughs> They would not let me spell AIDS, like A-I-D-S. Yeah. So I had to spell A-Y-E-D-E-E-S. I forget that's some kind of weird alien, like, AIDS. Um, she's captain. She's super badass. You could do, choose different clothes. I gave yeah. her a badass outfit. She's bored orange, so she's essentially just human with a crinkle-cut french fry for a nose. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you had, like, it just starts off, you start off, you're a cadet at Starfleet Academy, and you're running around the star, it's funny, because, like, they, they, they work, it, this is weird, because it's MMO, it's based off a TV show with so much backstory, that, like, you don't have to work that hard for, like, lore stuff just to put yeah. in the environment, Yeah. and so you go to Starfleet Academy, and it's ridiculous, because they want to start off the game, like, showing you, like, oh, here's all this information from all these TV shows that you've seen before, and, and so you go to Starfleet Academy, and for some reason, the Academy is filled with all these memorials to dead characters from other Star Trek TV shows just to say, oh, remember that episode? Yeah. Remember this? this? Remember this? Remember, there's a lot of member this. Just in this tiny little garden that seems like every, yeah. every five feet you go, oh, remember this? This guy died in this episode, so Starfleet Academy erected to like a like gravestone to this guy over here. And this, and uh, anyway, you go with that. They finally, really like, within, you're literally playing for 10 minutes. They're like, hey, we think you're pretty cool. It doesn't make you any sense that you're a Starfleet cadet, but would you like your own spaceship? <laughs> And so you get to go choose your own spaceship, but it's free to play though. So the uh, uh, spaceships, the cool ones you want, right. you have to like you're either either going to play for a hundred hours, yeah. you're going to have to drop like twenty bucks to get like the good Enterprise. Yeah. So they gave me this little rinky dink ship. It's actually Khan's spaceship from Star Trek Two, and they let me go name my ship though, put a number on it. The number is my name birthday. It, Bill? The USS Fontana. Yeah. Because I went with the whole feminist thing with like. Naming the first name, the the character's first name is Josephine from Little Women, and it's from mm-hmm. Mighty for the middle name. I was, I was going to name her after DC Fontana, who was uh, one of the writers on Star Trek, who was a lady. Her name was Dorothy Fontana, but she had to go... She did the whole J.K. Rowling thing where it was yeah. like, my name is not Dorothy Fontana. She only started selling scripts when she started calling herself DC Fontana. Mm. But she's she's known for being like uh, actually uh, just as influential over the creation of Star Trek as Gene Roddenberry was, because she was mm. one of the people, one of the writers at the very beginning who helped really kind of shape a lot of the better episodes and stuff. And so, yeah, so I, yeah, I got Captain Aids of the DC Fontana 120575. Uh, I just got to fight a couple space pirates in, like, 
yeah, that's that's all I've done so far. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's funny, when you first start off, you could choose to, like, make a character out of any kind of ridiculous Star Trek race. Yeah. One of the races you could choose to play as are the Pakleds, which in Star Trek is this race of big fat guys. They look almost exactly like me if I was a little more retarded, <laughs> who are known to be super stupid. Yeah. And I was like, you can play. If I didn't want to play as a lady. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The funny thing, it actually did have lady, lady versions of these guys. So you can play as a big, fat, dumb lady. Like, hey, how you doing? Which is not the crazy start with. I don't know why. I didn't, I don't know why I didn't choose that. But I was really impressed that they had, like, those yeah, characters. Like, yeah. that's your captain. A playable character. Um, so, yeah, I've only played it for a couple minutes. But, like, I, I don't. Oh, God knows. I'll probably only play five more minutes again. But, yeah, it's just, that's. If you ever wanted to see what Star Trek is all about, that's, <laughs> no, that's thank it. No, yeah. I know enough. Oh, the funny thing, too, is, like, when you buy the game, they're like, this game's only a 5 meg download. I'm like, that's just only 5 gigs. You end up downloading 10 gigs of patches to get it to work. Oh, yeah. I spent all day for my computer <laughs> just, like, downloading. It was like, oh, my oh, God. That's too funny. So that's Star Trek Online. It's, not, it's, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, the game that I've been playing a lot lately, other than Assassin's Creed 4, um, is, uh... Oh, I got to play a little bit. While I was on my vacation, I got to play a little bit of um, uh, Beyond Two Souls multiplayer. Did you mention what your vacation was on uh, on air? I went out to Vancouver, BC. Yeah. Uh, had a really great time. And you were hanging out with some of the Gone Home people. Yeah, I was hanging out with um, Kate Craig, who was I a mentioned modeler. specifically who you were hanging out with on the podcast last week. <laughs> I, after I said it out loud, I was like, should I add that out when I'm like... I was like, she's like, she's sleeping on Kate Craig and Emily Carroll's couch. Their social security numbers are this, their, their address is this. Yeah. You no, know, uh, we actually rented a hotel that had this beautiful view of the of the water. All and, four of uh, you guys? Well, no, I mean Foley and I rented, but oh, it was okay. it's actually great. It was a the it's a we stayed at the Sylvia Hotel, which is a oh, really sweet hotel. Oh, I can see why you don't have enough money for it. Yeah, a this is why I'm fucking now. broke. Okay, yeah. went for, this is Foley's birthday present. Yeah, Foley's oh, birthday okay. is the end of the month, so we and it, she, her birthday is always around Thanksgiving, so we never get to do anything. So this is her present. We went out to Vancouver, and uh, the we had stayed there before, and the guy remembered us, so he upgraded our suite for free. So we went it from a one bedroom with a queen to a basically an apartment suite. I was going to say, yeah, multi room. Yeah, I had a bedroom, With a, a living room, and a, a kitchen. Cape? A king bed. Oh, king bed. Yeah, a king size bed. So it's really nice. Is? Yeah. What? I it's the biggest. It's not, it's not a California king, but yeah, it's, it's a California uh, king. California king is the biggest. Is that just possible. like just like it's obscene? It's just a raised entire part of the room. floor. Yeah. Exactly. So no, it was a really wonderful stay, and what we wound up doing a lot of it was just hanging out, playing video games. So they brought their PS3 over because <laughs> Kate, Kate is also well, they're gamers and stuff. Yeah, and... Kate is like me, where we both love Assassin's Creed, but they're terrible games. Yeah. So we, you know, it's like this thing, and so it's like, well, I'll bring my copy of Assassin's Creed Four. That was actually another. Oh, I got it for PS3. I'm like, well, I can take it up and we can play it together. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we wound up playing some of that, which was a lot of fun, but we Aww. also wound up playing, I brought up Beyond Two Souls because I wanted to try the multiplayer and Foley has no interest in it. That game is actually a lot more fun playing as that? multiplayer. Well, there are two playable characters in that game. There's the protagonist, Ellen Page, and then there's ghost Aiden, the ghost. Yeah. And so you basically, you go between the two characters. And it was a lot more fun to play with someone else, I have to admit. Oh, so you co-op through the main game? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's oh, a narrative-based co-op game. I thought it was like a, like, a multiplayer, like... No, it's a narrative-based okay. co-op game. Yeah. So instead of you playing both characters, it's so between was it the better? two. It was. It's actually a lot more fun to was... play with someone else. Okay. Because then it's like, you know, you get the community experience of it. So it was like... Uh, so who did you play with the most? Like, who who did you... Which I was character did you play? You, and who played uh, Ellen Page? Emily played Ellen Page. Uh, was Kate pretending to be... Um... She was another ghost watching it all happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, it was. Who, a... who's, the, who's, the, who's the guy who tried to kill Peter Parker? 
Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. She's yeah. like, she stood the whole time in the corner going, ah, hey, Peter. It was, it was really, it was really loud. Awesome. I feel like this, I, on the giant bomb cast, they were making fun of how weird it is that uh, Willem Dafoe drops off Ellen Page at a party. Oh, it's the most, it is the most is awkward. Really like, have fun with your friends. He gives her a copy, a 50-year-old copy of Poe to give to this teenage girl. What? Yes. I can't imagine why that it was is bad. The wor- it is like a cartoon. The- David Cage is the worst writer in the world. It Are is these cartoonishly kids raised dumb. in an intellectual society? No, like, no. And then, of course, and then, of course, you get made yeah, fun of. Issues, yeah. And they immediately call you a slut and a witch. Like, like that's it. They're it's, hanging out with you. They're trying to be nice to you. And it, then you get the code book. for women? I, it's slut and witch. That's what I did to that prostitute lady at the mall. <laughs> hey, slut witch. <laughs> so, anyway, Beyond Two Souls is a lot more fun with playing someone else. The other two games Aww. that I've been playing. That, I had no idea. This is a, a lot fun, fun vacation. It was really good. So if we could go off, we could go mountain climbing. No, let's just play a I also tree. went to the um, Museum of, or excuse me, the Museum of Archaeology in Vancouver, oh, which yeah? is a really neat museum. It's a lot of First Peoples art. So, what's cool is that they, it's a lot of, well, like, like, native carvings. Like, native yeah, Pacific Northwest. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Um, is that uh, what they're called, First Peoples? Yeah. That's actually better than Native Americans. Yeah. So, um, oh, uh, okay. a lot of, like, totems and carvings and steam boxes and all this really beautiful stuff. But what was fascinating was they have this library, they have an archive, of 10,000 First Peoples artifacts. Not just from Canada, either. But just From Alaska, from, from America, from, from South America. Oh, it was not even... Africa, really? from Russia, from Europe. Like, pretty much for so Aboriginal much culture like in Australia. So, just well, it's all, like not even Aboriginal Western people like yeah and what's fascinating is this a temporary exhibit no this is a permanent exhibition it is a giant room sorry for the noise i'm opening up more curly whirly bill bill sweetheart baby bear if you apologize one more time i'm gonna reach across the desk and slap your little face you are forgiven so it's a fascinating room because it's it's broken up more or less by the location so you see um you see where it's from and but everything has a little placard but it has a number identifying the artifact a point of origin and nothing else. You get no date. You get no cultural context. It is. It's and what's fascinating is there are these really dense. Imagine like um, cul-de-sacs. Like if you drive up a street that's just all cul-de-sacs on all yeah. around. Um, uh, so it's basically like there are all these little um cord like little side rooms that are walled with these glass cases that are just packed with artifacts. And in the middle of these little rooms are these big cabinets with drawers with like eight or nine wide drawers that range from three feet wide to nine feet wide and you can pull open these drawers and there are artifacts inside (coughs) so they're just thousands and thousands and thousands of artifacts no they're all under glass just all around you from all these native cultures and a lot of them are masks i posted a lot of i took some pictures um, and posted them to Flickr of all these masks and it was a little overwhelming to be terribly honest with you i almost had a panic attack because it's just such a densely packed chamber and there's not a lot of context one thing they almost did sounds like it's like something from a dream almost. it like, is like a weird dream environment with it's all very strange weird shit like from all yeah. the world too not just like yeah. one like like shit. i'm standing there staring at this this canoe that was carved for this woman who passed away 50 years ago that's filled with uh, it's like her memorial canoe that has all this Elvis paraphernalia and then I look to my left and there's this long corridor and I see down the way there are some like native African masks like carved wood masks next to a giant g- gold Buddha 
Like it was kind. Of, it was overwhelming. I went. Th- I went through like a few stages of being able to handle it, really enjoying myself, to having a panic attack, to coming back like a Is couple. Of times. you can kind of sit down and just kind of like drink it all in without sort. Not really. Okay. Like it was just kind of. It was really intense. But one thing that they did was very interesting. Was that throughout the whole museum, even in the, this in the, the museum of archaeology in Toronto. Yeah. Um, Not at from, the oh, University Vancouver, of yeah. uh, the University of British Columbia. Okay. Um, it's. Uh, on a lot of the copy that they have um, for the exhibits, uh, more often than having like written like from the um, voice of the museum, you like most copy in museums, it's someone writing. I mean, it's essentially a museum telling you about the piece, be yeah. it art or whatever. They use a lot of uh, people's um, uh, anecdotes. Like they they were they would quote people who are members from the cultures. They would just be straight with unedited uncorrected, um, without any other context. So you basically get to hear people talking about their cultures from their own point of view. And that was really interesting, but it was, on the other hand, I thought that was cool in a very respectful way. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole museum really did, it's it's kind of a delicate thing, you know, to have all these different people's artifacts, and some of it is not designed to be shown. Like, there are a lot of artifacts there, like, the, the masks that were some of the most fascinating ones were these really rough-hewn wooden masks that were designed, they were carved overnight for a ritual and then burned the next day. Yeah. Or, like, totems that were, like, from, in family great halls that are now in this museum. And so, like, there's always that risk of appropriation yeah. and, like, that disrespectful, like, we're displaying it. But it was all very, very respectfully done. And it was almost like no one wanted to put words in the mouths of these people and no one wanted to explain anything because, uh, for fear of being disrespectful or anything like that. So it was very, the majority of it was people in their own words. Yeah, that'd be great. Hopefully there's some kind of, like, online where you could, like, some I'm, kind of proponent, sure like, part is. of the website, like, maybe there's at least a mini tour, because that's yeah. so fascinating. It's really neat. Just the density of things there's This is a permanent museum. This yeah. is just the museum itself. Oh, yeah, this it's is, not like, the like core some kind of, of random... museum. No. Jesus. I mean, it couldn't be. It's all so specific. Like, yeah. It was built to display all these items and all of these drawers. That sounds fantastic. It was stunning. Jesus. It was stunning. It was overwhelming. And another museum they had, uh, exhibit they had there was really, really neat. They had an exhibit on the... Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can't remember their call, but it was a very dark aspect of um, Canadian history where there were these schools where they would send Native children to basically culturally brainwash them. Yeah. And um, there were oh, there was a lot of abuse there. There was a lot of disease Well, anything there. in the name of, like, like uh, you know, raising somebody up out of the... Oh, yeah. Like, it was interesting because the way the exhibit was yeah. laid out, again, was people in their own words. It was really fascinating. So you walk in, and they had these giant photos of the schools as they stand now. So, like, these giant photos of these decaying schools that are just filled with garbage and flaking paint and all this. And then overlaid all over those images, they had quotes from basically the um, government documents um, initiating these schools. And one of the quotes that was the most striking and most disturbing was like, if we do our jobs right in 10 years, there will be no natives. Like if we do our jobs right, they will, they, they, their language will be dead, their culture will be dead, and they will just Except be Except from that perspective, that makes sense, even though that's, that sounds horrible to us. But yeah. So what's fascinating is you walk in and there are these giant quotes from the government. To the left, there are all these photos of kids um, in their uniforms and everything in these schools. And what's interesting is that they had these photos printed and just pinned to the walls with pushpins. And then over that, they had a cellophane and markers. 
And they wrote on the paper, if they are on the cellophane, if they knew who was in the photograph. And they invited people that if they knew anyone or if they had any more information to take a marker and write on the cellophane. Mm -hmm. And then to the right, they had this wall that were just printed testimonials. Again, just simple printed on paper, pinned to the wall with push pins that they just interviewed tons of people, most of them anonymous, who actually went through the schools and put it, put up their experiences, good or bad. So it was just like the way, like hundred just of these personal testimonies. And then yeah, so further you're just really down, shotgun with information. But in a, in a there. way that was super interesting. It was like really giving you the kind of whole range of experience without yeah. overwhelming you with like photos and artifacts and trying to make you feel bad per se, just educating. Yeah. And then what was most interesting is um, they had uh, this bay of windows and hanging in front of bin- windows on banners. They had all the um, apologies from the churches who were involved. And I do mean like the religions, like there was an apology from the Pope formal apology from the Catholic church, formal apology from the, um, Royal mounted police, like uh, from all these people who were culpable. And it was yeah. fascinating to see how recent some of those apologies were. Cause this is like, you know, we're talking well over 75 years ago that these schools were in action, but the most recent apology was from like 2009. Mm. Like it was fascinating. And then the only physical artifacts they had, cause the, the, Photographs were all prints, and obviously all the text and everything was printed. The only physical artifact they had was right dead ahead. They had a little horseshoe-shaped room that was floor to ceiling, and there are these big windows, so the space is, for the most part, flooded with all this natural light. But this was just like this dark corridor, and you walk in, and it is has photography all on the inside of this horseshoe that is this dark room that was a bakery in one of these schools where the children worked. And in the middle of it, they have this giant industrial mixer. And it just looks, I mean, it looks like a prop out of a Bioshock. Like, it's just like yeah, this. Exactly, this yeah. And I, I used one of these mixers pretty much when I worked in my bakery, but it was a modern one with all these safety standards and everything like that. And it's just like so ominous and heavy and loaded. And you there and on the walls, they have some quotes from people who are like, oh yeah, I remember that. And there are kids who lost their arm in that and like all this stuff. And it was just a really interesting way to That's share that history. Just, it, it, aside from the context of the design of that room and how it contrasts the rest of the exhibit, mm-hmm. like there's, like they just they, here it is. This, yeah. this is your own interpretation of what this exactly. is. Exactly. There yeah. were no judgment. It was just sharing you no the reality of what happened. It. It's just, and it, that this, was really this the is whole, what was there. Yeah. Exactly. That was really the whole museum. There's yeah, no this, editorializing. This is the most thing to like like Native people's like Holocaust museum I've ever heard of. Before. Yeah. Like, it was it was fascinating and yeah. really well done. A really good use of a was weird the space. stuff about the school that was permanent stuff too that right? was a temporary exhibition okay exhibition. so that seems so specific that like yeah yeah it was it was just i think it was just about that um, that's, those, that's those schools. crazy though. it was a really neat museum i'm so glad we went it was a fascinating time i see why i came home and played some video games to blow some yeah. steam after that yeah. jesus christ but uh, it was a really t- fun trip and uh um anyway moving have on you ever, you've gone to the art museum downtown here in portland right yeah the portland art museum yeah have you ever seen they have a permanent inuit wing of like a native stuff that i have here? not that's seen actually too. one of the better things at, mm. that's probably actually the coolest thing because it's actually the portland a art museum big chunk of the is museum. a bad museum and it actually feels like a relatively modern exhibit that like, yeah. it almost feels like a wing they built onto the museum they did just to house all the inuit that's stuff. exactly and happened. it's pretty it's and it's not super comprehensive but right. that's a very tiny museum and that's yeah. a big chunk of what that shit the is. portland art museum suffers from being a building that was not built to be a museum yeah this is like some bolted on addendum like, yeah. yeah and yeah. so that at least that addendum was designed to house this art yeah whereas, whereas the portland everything art museum else proper just, like... just feels like a bunch of rooms that art is shoved into yeah 
But anyway, it feels the... like a museum. Like like if you were to go visit a museum like fifty or a hundred years ago, what a museum would be. Yeah. But like museums are so much better now. <laughs> like 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 you're talking about. Yeah, the the uh, the museum of anthropology was amazing. I did take some pictures of some masks, particularly for you, Bill. So yes. we're done podcasting. I'll show them to you. But anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the other game that I played when I got back and a little bit before was um uh friend of the podcast, Grumpy Turtle. Uh, though now we could say honorary guest star of the Boy Howdy podcast. Oh no, seriously, Turtle, yeah. Uh, is uh, got me a copy of I Have No Mouth But I Must Scream, which is a Harlan Ellison short story that um, was turned into a video game by <laughs> my the folks who made one of my favorite video games when I was a kid. I was obsessed. We've talked about it in the past. I was obsessed with this point and click adventure game called Inherit the Earth: The Quest for the Orb. Oh yeah, no, you talked about this because that name just sounds like the word salad. To me. I know yeah. it is word salad, but anyway, uh, they made one other adventure game based on this Harlan Ellison story, <clears throat> and it's fascinating to go back and play this old game because, like, so the two games I played this week were that and Burial at Sea. I enjoyed Burial at Sea, but the objectives were so patently obvious. It's like, go talk to Thing. Or, like, you op- Burial at Sea opens and you're in Rapture, pre-fall Rapture. What a treasure, right? Mm-hmm. And I, because I'm me, I go and I explore everything and fuck around before I go to the objective, because I just want to see everything. And there are these offices, or it should be there are these shops that are so transparently only there for me to later do an objective. Oh, yeah. Like, now that sucks. And, and as I'm playing through it i'm like well i'm gonna that's come back here in the, the bioshock stuff anyway but, where it's kind of like I mean, this is kind of cool but kind of clunky there at the are same a lot time. of games where like this exists I know, so but it's I funny as a gamer you just totally just pick up the moment you walk into an environment you're like oh yeah. i see what's yeah i know what this is but yeah. what's funny is that so meanwhile i'm going back and i'm playing <laughs> i have no mouth and i must scream the premise of i have no mouth but i must scream is in uh the future uh humanity created a uh Basically, we have, like, a, a warfare system advanced enough that humans cannot control it. So they create a computer system to control it. The computer system takes over the Earth. Um, it's called, like, artificial machine or something, so it calls itself AM. I am, etc. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the opening of I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is this shot, this tight shot of the... the I, I hate to say the face of the computer because it's a fucking Oh, yeah, computer. exactly, yeah. But... but it's this giant plinth, and on the plinth, in, gr- gl- in, in text glowing with heat, is this screen that's like, hate, hate, if every single, if, like, every single inch of all of my circuit boards represented a nanoparticle of my hate, it would still only sum up 0.001% of the hate I feel for humanity. And so not only are you seeing the screen but the machine is also saying it to yeah, you yelling at you about it. yeah and, jesus and the machine is voiced by harlan ellison really <laughs> yeah and so it turns out that this machine gained control of the earth that's funny because that's how marlon brando when they were making the godfather game uh they, they had uh, the people recording the audio for that had the exact same uh story about marlon brando where he's had the exact same speech about how much he hated the uh the the godfather game that was being forced <laughs> to record voices for if 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 I, if, if the lasagna in my belly only represented one Harlan, eighth of the hate I have for this game that you're making me record, and then he died. Harlan Ellison is having such a good time being this cartoonish, now? I think he is, yeah. I think he's passed, but being this cartoonishly evil <laughs> Is he machine. good in the role? Well, he's this cartoonishly like, evil machine, he's I having a good time. Because I him sounding like, like one of the, like, uh, uh, like, 
uh, one of the bad guys from like Transformers. Like, Bill, it's a voice actor from an early '90s point-and-click adventure insane. game. The barrier for goodness is pretty low. It should still sound like Starscream or something like, <laughs> ah, yeah, like Frank Welker. So the point, uh, so you, you, oh, yeah, you're, you're this, this machine in the future, and you've killed all of humanity for these five humans that you've kept alive. You turn them into furries. You keep alive just to torture. Okay. So you you know you you've plucked these five humans and you're just fucking with them through all eternity. So I you it's kind of, so you you know you open up and you can pick any one of the five characters and then play through these nightmare scenarios that Am has put you through. And it's possible. This for you sounds to, like a good time. It's it's hilarious. So they it it's so fucking random. So I've only played two. The first one I played this mutant guy. Yeah. It's so funny to go from this to any sort of modern game because it's yeah. just so fucking insane. So I played this one guy who has been mutated by Am, and so he's like this Cro-Magnon gorilla-looking dude. And so he is was... everyone mutated or something like no, that? No, this oh, okay. is just the one, one guy. Oh, okay. And because Wait. his thing was he was a soldier and he was all in control of his body and very physical and very strong and very powerful. So Am has undermined that. Oh, see, I'm already confusing this with the furry game you're always talking about. No, it's maybe the same company. Like, oh, maybe, uh, okay. Yeah, Which is this. funny because there are some rooms where I can tell they use the same 3D models to build. I'm stuff. assuming both games are made like right after it's each other or something hilarious. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that you play this one guy who's a soldier and. You, me, you. He was a soldier who killed some of his other soldiers. I can't even understand why. And but you're like, and you go. He, he throws you into like this primitive culture where you can barely speak to anyone, and you can't eat any of the food because it's all like compute, like like oh wires, and like you try to eat it, and it's like all coils and machine parts, and so you like your mouth starts bleeding, and and so you the, you had to pluck a pear from a tree. Try to eat it, fail because it's wires, get another pear from the tree, take it to a starving boy, try to give it to the starving, uh, no, take it to a woman, try to give it to the woman, the woman says no, feed my son, give it to the son, the son eats and then he'll talk to you, then you have to go get another pear, give it to the mother who chews it and then barfs it in your mouth to feed you so you don't start. This is one of the puzzles of this game. Is that digestion wires? <laughs> I don't even know. How else wrote this? It's just like, no, it's, this is all, I'm sure this is just the game, the gamification of this story. But it's just like, I played this oh, game. Fuck. There's a point where that woman then gets sacrificed to <laughs> Am. And you, the option, I took a screenshot and posted it to Twitter because it just made this me laugh. This is the weirdest, like, Filmgate dick made a video game. The two options in that moment are either plead for her life or ask if you could eat her. Which <laughs> <laughs> is just. What did you choose? Fucking video games. Yeah, just out of curiosity, I chose to eat her. Because, like, what the hell is that? And so, of course, Anne was like, oh, you gave into your bestial <laughs> instincts. And then you go back to the main screen and you have to play through the whole thing again. Okay, so you're... you're so what about the other guy? Well, so, I yeah, I played I, I played this one other character and he is this dude who thinks he's all slick. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm this handsome dude and everybody's knight in shining armor. And he's in love with the one woman who's been sent yeah. and being tortured. So, uh, you go into a literal castle. And this is the sort of puzzle where I don't fucking miss adventure games at all because you go into this castle and the door is blown off its hinges so you wander around and you you go into a temple and one of the idols in the temple has a little like face idol in its hand so you take the face which is on a little stick so you're supposed to know, clearly, I should use this little face idol stick thing 
to replace the hinge pin in the broken door. Oh. Fucking video games, man. I like how you have to be a carpenter just to even understand, like, what the context I for the I know what a hinge is. pin is. And yeah. even I was like, I had to look it up in a walkthrough. Finally, I was like, you know what? No. I'm just going to have a walkthrough open and play this What game. company made this shit? This is the Dreamers Guild. But Are I mean, they all that's dead some... now? <laughs> no. But it's, oh, I mean, that adventure games, that's some pretty standard what? Did video you game adventure illogic. Game where supposedly, like, you have to create, like, a fake ID for yourself. And what you have to do is, like, shave a cat. Put it that's on a piece in of Gabriel tape. Knight 3. In Gabriel Knight 3, you have to uh, disguise yourself, and it does Is that involve... the only way through that puzzle? Yes. Like, yeah, that, that's, that is the solution. Yes. That's not just the gimmicky... Bill, this is not a day era oh where you had multiple God. solutions to puzzles. You had a I do solution to miss... a puzzle. I do, not, I do not feel like I missed anything by I actually not subjecting got... myself to that stuff back in the day. I actually got Emily as a gift. I got her the first three Gabriel Knight games yeah. uh, through Good Aww. Old Games for like 15 bucks, and uh, so she was playing for the first one a little bit while we were hanging out, and I'm so glad I was there because there's one puzzle where you're at a crime scene and you have to figure out oh I have a magnifying glass I'm going to use a magnifying glass to inspect the crime scene and you have to look at all the grass in the area until you click on one particular air, uh, part so you can use uh, tweezers that I hope to guide you picked up from an earlier location to tweeze a snake scale off the grass Adventure games. Who made that shit? Oh, Sierra, dude. Oh my fucking god. Adventure game puzzles. Like these companies are out to fucking make you wish you were dead. Well, see, that's the thing. Where um, that's what's his nuts. name? Ron is, Gilbert. If you, you don't have like online facts and stuff. Like exactly. That, that is nuts. You can get away with yeah. that now a little bit, but oh my. Jesus. See, Ron Gilbert it had this thing where he was like, "Oh, you know, adventure games are not made to be mainlined. You're supposed to walk away and think about a puzzle." And I'm like, "No, no, no." That's not me think I just need no, time no to think about, about it. That. That's that just is something random. so arcane. Yeah. That there is no way. I mean, to be fair, you could argue that a well designed puzzle is something that can be solved in further contemplation. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that in particular about the cave. He's like, the cave is not something you design we play with walkthroughs. See, that's not even a to think puzzle, about it. really. No, like, but puzzle, those are. Puzzles are you Puzzle kinda of suggests like I don't know. That's... You you figure out how to use tools to perform an objective. You could argue then that a shoot first person shooter is a puzzle. I know exactly, yeah. But even then, it's like if there are like nine tools available to you, and only by using two will you be able to access your objective. Mm-hmm. Then that is, I would argue, that's a puzzle. But still, it's like, woof. I don't, I don't miss that. That's one of the reasons why uh, Walking Dead was so good because there was barely an inventory. It was just fucking. I, that was more conversation trees. But than that's an adventure else. game. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the purest that's aspect. That's why Mass Effect was fun too because that like that slightly <laughs> kind of conversational yeah. tree like. Yeah. character-based stuff without... But it's interesting to go back to these old adventure games where you have... Because I remembered that what I loved were the dialogue trees. That's yeah. what I love about those have games. Have you ever heard about, like, would you ever subject yourself to the stuff where, like, uh, uh, like some... Uh, there's this thing you can do where, like... Uh, I've heard this... The This is the thing that happens around the country. Well where you will let yourself be locked into a room by people who have designed a puzzle where oh, yeah, within an hour, like, yeah. like, like, like you can get together with, like, three or four friends. Three, everyone uh, kicks in for, like, 30 bucks. Yeah. Buys a group ticket. Yeah. For, yeah, you and your friends go in there, and you have to figure out, like, there's shit in the room. You have to yeah. figure out a way to, like, get out of the room in less than an hour. And I think they just play with, like, keys and stuff like that. Like, yeah. But, you know, like, you have to tear open, like, cushions and look underneath, like, the furniture. Yeah. And that seems kind of cool. But would you ever, like, subject yourself to something like that? I would not. I would uh, probably do it with my wife. What if you have to poop halfway through? <laughs> but you gotta go poop first. Uh, I don't know. That's not really my jam. Because I'm not saying by yourself, but that's supposed to be a well, social no, with thing, others. Though. Yeah, but yeah like I, yeah. my wife would dig that, but I wouldn't do it because I was like, oh, I really want to do this. What is it called? Lock for a puzzle it, thing. Though. Yeah, it's not what I. I don't. I, I don't play those games for the puzzles though. Uh, Annie, for my birthday in two weeks, I'm gonna have a murder mystery. <laughs>
Uh, I'm just gonna come and do boy howdy. You're just gonna lock the room. <laughs> that uh, would be kind of fun if you did your own little murder mystery. The way to it's solve like it. a board game thing or something. Well, like dude, that. there are there are total murder mystery parties. You buy oh, a murder mystery box. Oh, did you see the thing? I, that, I forgot this. to add this to the Geek Week News Interview. But did you see HolidayBullshit.com? Where it's the Cards Against Humanity guys. I want to do that, but my thing is, is it going to be Cards Against Humanity stuff? Because I don't. I want... would imagine they're going to send you twelve guests for twelve days. What are they going to send you that that would be so low cost and postage? They could just like yeah, postage so... stamp you a new Cards Against Humanity. See, that's my thing. I'm like, I don't well, care about Cards Against it's Humanity. Bucks, but it's so, like, so yeah, yeah, they do. The folks who did Cards Against Humanity you hate did. You don't like Cards Against Humanity? Well, no, I just have no interest in it. <sighs> I don't like... Says the Catholic girl from Texas. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, no, it is It is a contest who can, who can be the most crude and fucked up. That's what it is. That's what... It's Bill Mudder in the game. I'm not saying you're I'm just friends with you. That's what I'm saying. You're, yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing you for being a crude, no, but no, I'm just no, saying no, no, that's no. not your idea of fun is like, it's ass not. titties. It's... It's pencil. Dick nipples. Ass titties are great. Man, <laughs> but, if, let me finish my fucking butts story. Butts and nipples? And that, well, as long as it's in your butt. Oh, my God. I'm just saying... Intimation. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Grumpy Turtle for beneath. Yeah. For I can want to call it beneath the still sky, which is another point. Quick adventure game for the time. So I'm really games. enjoying. I have no mouth, but I'm a scream. But yeah, it's just a fascinating because it's such a fucking different kind of game than you play nowadays. This is this. Hannah Groff, Bill is sniffing your instructions. Tin Sam instructions do not smell like Australia. <laughs> I, I thought it would smell like red dust and aborigines. Hey, Bill, what else? What else? Uh, I've uh, oh so I within the course of the last week I've watched all of the Legend of Korra there is to watch. Yeah. Uh, my housemates uh, they decided they want to start watching the second season, but mm-hmm. instead of starting from the second season, they s- decided to rewatch the first season because it had been yeah. a year and a half since they had yeah. watched it, so they wanted to catch up. And it's only like twelve episodes that first yeah. season, and so I watched most of that with them just because ah, actually I hadn't watched those episodes since that first season aired too, and then we watched. Uh, all of the latest season until the most recent episode, they actually, uh, online last night, they dropped the last four episodes in one big batch last night. So yeah. I was up until 2 a.m. watching those last four episodes. It ends better than the first season did. It's not hard. Yeah, but it's still, the storytelling's still wonky. There's some weird pacing stuff. Yeah. But they kind of like... Again, to be fair, they kind of break the Avatar season. universe a little bit at the end, which is Oh, really? And there's still two more seasons coming after yeah. The Legend of Korra, huh. uh, season two, book, spirits. <laughs> But I have no, they haven't said what the next book will be. But uh, it was good, you know. It's better animated. Yeah. There's a little bit less of the romance bullshit. That's good. Uh, still criminal, criminal underuse of Asami. <sighs> and Asami is put in the same situation at the end of this book as she was in the last. Well, I shouldn't even call them books. Seasons where she's still just kind of left, kind of like flittering around without yeah. like really interacting with anybody. I would almost prefer the series if it was just about Asami. Yeah! With her bro, kind of, Korra. And she, and again, the this, Avatar. By the end of the season, she's already, she's kicked nuts emotionally again by romantic tr- love Hey, Dark Horse, let me write a oh Legend of Korra comic book that's just about Asami being a badass This show should Korra. be subtitled Legend of Korra That Poor Bitch Asami. She's, <laughs> she's just the Baxter. Bitch. She's the lady she's Baxter. She's the Baxter. It's getting to the point where this is ridiculous. I like, I was kind of wondering if she might not turn evil at the end of the season because she's just still put through enough shit where I'm yeah. like, she has, she's completely justified in shooting yeah. every each, <laughs> except for Bolin, each other character right in the fucking face. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it wasn't bad. But yeah. it was like stuff. Before we go uh, cut, close up this part of the rambling ass segment of Boy Howdy Podcast <laughs> and go to the Geek Weekly Review, I have to share something that's happened oh, no. to me between the last two episodes. So, in the last episode, we got really excited about, we, the royal we. I got really excited about Nathan Drake 
and Uncharted stuff. Did you get a tattoo? No. Hold on. And we had made, I, there was some uh, ample uh, cock, cock garbling of uh, my boyfriend, uh, Neil Druckmann. And we referred to him more than once as the creative director of Uncharted 2. I got a direct message out of the blue from Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig followed me on Twitter. Amy Hennig, the actual creative director of the Uncharted games, uh, followed me on Twitter to direct message me uh, to say, Hey, heard your podcast. So lovely that we have fans like you guys that mean so much to us. By the way, I'm the creator of Uncharted. I have always been. Neil's great. I don't know where. He's a great guy. <laughs> I don't know where this all came from. The people think this, but I've always been the creative director of the Uncharted games. Just want to let you know. No big deal. Well, no, she created Uncharted. That's not a dispute. No, she is the creative director of the Uncharted games. She writes well, but, them. But didn't... Uh... He was the lead designer of Uncharted 2. But so she's still directing. Cause I don't, yeah. well, the, the, well, this is the hazy thing where... It gets difficult for uh, from lay, lay people like yeah. us to understand exactly what the like like everyone credits like uh, Shigeru Miyamoto for being the creator of all the Super Mario Brothers games. Right. If, uh, although technically he hasn't directed, which is that's real hands on. Yeah. You're making like daily creative decisions about yeah. that stuff. He hasn't directed a Mario game since like Mario sixty four. Well, so the, the, but the... then there's also creative director and like sometimes like the creative director isn't like I I can't even speak to this because I again Amy Hennig could be listening to this going. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> you ultimately the fuck don't out. want to talk about at the end of the day. But Wait, when did you get this message? This was like a cu- like maybe a day after we recorded. When? Like last my time? Like two butt weeks hole, ago? My little butthole tightened like, up. Like what, our 100th anniversary episode? Uh, it was, yeah. Yeah. What? Amy Hennig listened to our bullshit podcast. Why? Well, I have to go back and see what we said about it. Garbage. We said a lot of garbage. What we were talking about, was this when we were suspecting that Uncharted uh, you're 4 just would talking be announced? About, there was a, yeah, there was rumors that Uncharted 4 would be announced. And I started freaking out about Nathan Drake. Oh, this is freaking me out. I know. <laughs> what did you say back? Amy Hennig. Oh, I just said, I said, hey, Uncharted is the best. Thank you for creating my favorite game in the world. That sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh-huh. Um, Amy Hennig listened to our garbage podcast, and I kind of want to die. Uh-huh. I kind of want to curl up into a little ball and die. Amy Hennig, we love you. <laughs> Amy Hennig, Uncharted is my favorite thing in the world. Uh, did you say this before? Like people, well, like we can talk about this later in the game because we'll talk about that Uncharted. Yes, we will. <laughs> it's interesting that it's not Uncharted Four though. So which yeah. leaves it to be a spinoff. It could be. We, we'll talk about that when we get to that part because I have a lot of feelings. Amy Hennig, don't go away. Amy Hennig, hold on. Amy Hennig, we have to put some shit in the show notes. Amy Hennig, P.S. If you're listening to this podcast, listen Please to this don't. part. <laughs> don't listen to these parts specifically. We're talking about how oh my God. Crash Bandicoot is the villain of Uncharted Two. Uncharted Four. Wait. Like Uncharted is a good game series. I like it. It's one of my favorite games. I still they are the Uncharted are the most important. Games I to remember. Me this was it Uncharted Two was one of the first? No, actually finishing the first Uncharted was one of the first times I ever emailed a game company where I finished. Oh it, really? Where uh, after I, like I, everyone admitted the first Uncharted had some lumpy spots. Mm-hmm. That was the first yeah. game in any kind of major ambitious series would right. have well, lumpy spots. But I had such a good time. Just again, I wasn't really worried about the combat or the gameplay. Uh, so much as just, just like again, uh, this is my big thing where I love video games like Uncharted, like Assassin's Creed, where it essentially becomes a holodeck. Yeah, just an excuse to explore this environment. Yeah, that is so well rendered and so well put together and put to- and filled with. Well, Uncharted doesn't, or, or uh, Assassin's Creed doesn't have necessarily the greatest characters, but, but Uncharted yeah. has like really amiable characters in these really yeah. exotic environments. And even it's a pleasure to Uncharted, be. Actually, one of the things that really seals me into the Uncharted games as far as this being a place i really love to explore is all the shit you can just find and pick up and revolve yeah. around kind of like moving yeah. your digital hands which kind of makes it feel like oh these are really i'm kind of inspecting this element yeah which to the new tomb raider t- uh, took yeah but like 
I went crazy on that first Uncharted game. Yeah. Like, just picking up all the elements and, like, finding yeah. all this pottery stuff. It was the closest thing to being Indiana Jones I'd ever been in an Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, in a video game or anything like that. And it was just so nice that, like, when I was done, I had such a satisfying, meaty experience with playing yeah. that first Uncharted. I sent off... I don't know if anyone ever got or got lost yeah. in Bowser the system, but I just randomly, like, went to the, you know, like, Naughty Dog's website and said, hey, guys, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys are working on a sequel. And yeah, like 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 a year later, you know, they announced. They did it because you asked like, for it. Yes, Uncharted two part was like, yes. <laughs> uh, well, Uncharted but... is huge to me because when my wife was getting into gaming, like I said, she wasn't into games, and Uncharted was one of the games I used to woo her into the gaming fold. Mm-hmm. And it was having a game that was beautiful and had these rich... having a protagonist that's beautiful and having these rich, engaging characters that mm-hmm. were like, oh, this is what games can be, and that's how we became friends with Emily. Was that episode the one you started crying when we started talking yes. about Uncharted? I started crying. Oh, man, Bill. So I watched the live stream. Now we're going to get in the... I'll just... Fuck it. Watching the PS4 live stream. What? Uh, okay, we should do a game. We should take Okay, all right. Yeah. It's just, a break. We'll be just back. Just save the podcast. Okay, guys, we love you. We'll be back with more snacks in a minute on the Geek Weekly Review. back with a geek week in review hey friends that's right it's that time Are we gonna, do you want to start off with the uncharted news then since we, we can we can get through it that? naturally my my uh my amp my uh, amp up got worn down so it's fine we'll, we'll grow up again amazon has reached a deal to start sunday deliveries in new york and la with the service expanding to other cities dallas houston phoenix and new orleans in 2014 and by a deal i forgot to mention that specifically it's with the united states postal service really i thought this was yeah that was the surprising part because huh. I mean, you're talking about this is a postal system that was about to shut down Saturday yeah. deliveries. Yeah. This past summer until people like got pissed off enough. So it's interesting that like yeah I don't I'm assuming like huh. I mean the 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 post office has to stay open like entirely to some degree right. all, all you know 24 hours a day seven days a week just you know there's always some kind of shit moving around. But yeah that's interesting yeah New York and LA and it's going to be expanding out to next year. Huh. You know that'd be interesting. I'm assuming this is a prime thing again only yeah. Wouldn't that be fascinating if one of the things that saves the post Postal service is companies well, like Amazon the funny thing because, leveraging the infrastructure of the postal well, service. Well, I mean, that's been the boon for them with the whole digital revolution. It has been like yeah. you can do all the shopping you want online. You're not going to get those products unless someone, unless yeah. put, well, and then it's not always the post office. But someone's got to yeah. physically drop that shit off on your fucking basement anything, dwelling ass. Yeah. Anything that gets Amazon to stop using on track. Yeah, on track is terrible. I was having uh, problems with, well, I'm knock on wood. I'll say this now and I'll suddenly have problems with it again. But UPS for a long time, I was having crazy issues with. To the point where I thought they, they were actually stealing stuff. Mm. Which I'm not usually that kind of person. Well, I'm not usually the first person to assume that, like, there's some kind of chicanery going on. But there yeah. was, like, I had one or two shipments, like, two or three years ago where it was around Christmas time where shit, like, it seemed like it was being intentionally misdirected so I would mm. give up on trying to find these. It was Christmas gifts for a family yeah. that was trying to get, get sent out, and it was, like, shit, like, where it was some shit. And I, like, I actually, like, I got I, I had to, like, 
threatened lawsuit before like they were like okay we actually did find this that's and it was crazy, weird the quickness where they're like oh yeah we just find oh, this yeah. thing which is like hidden in the corner but that was that was the Man. one time with any kind of shipping thing where I was like there's a story there yeah yeah but also yeah. what grosses me out with Antrac is it's literally like a windowless white car yeah like, it's, it's, just, it's, it's like it's, it's not like a delivery vehicle package delivered by the rapist candy man yeah, <laughs> exactly no, it's, it's, yeah oh my god but yeah so that's I mean that's just anyway yeah I don't know yeah, they specifically called out the fact that you could order a package on Friday and have it delivered on Sunday. Man, that's nuts. So, brief, brief sidetrack um, along those lines. I became, before we left for Canada, I real I kept thinking about the fact that I don't have any good shoes for the winter. I really don't. I have my cowboy oh, boots. Yeah. I have my, boots. um, uh, I have like some sneakers, but I don't have any fucking winter boots for warmth or for waterproofness. Yeah. And I started looking around online and I found this one pair of shoes that I became obsessed with immediately to the point where I called every single shoe stop i mean called on the phone every shoe shop in town that could have it and no one had it so i kind of wanted to get it before we went to vancouver so i could have some good winter shoes as we're tromping around and i used um an online service with next day delivery and i've never felt so decadent in my life than ordering shoes at 12 o'clock on Wednesday or on Tuesday and getting them by 12, uh, 10 30. It was not free. The next day. Next day it was 25 too. bucks for next day delivery. I know That's how much that I've, shit I've, costs. I've seen more like that. that I mean, it was, I, I don't want to say the service. Well, I, sh- I don't want to ever be a corporate shill. If you did the same thing with Amazon, that would be comparable. So did, it wasn't too much. I use Zappos. Yeah. And, and they're great. And I'm wearing them actually right now. Check out my boots. Aww. They're really cute. They've got this herringbone thing and they've got red accents and red. Red yeah, souls. I refer to them as, as Annie's Cora boots because they, they look, look a little bit like Cora's. Uh, yeah, little, but they're like really, dapper. Oh. Well, they, like, if, if, if 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 Cora were a fisherman, that's <laughs> yes. what those would be. Yeah. In my erotic fan fiction, where Cora's a fisher of pussy, uh, she uh, and Asami. That's that's right. Well, she's a uh, and Asami is a, is a mermaid, of course. Um, anyway, uh, it's a silky. What is that? Lesbian mermaids doesn't make any sense. What are you gonna like? There's nothing to do. That's titties, Bill. And it depends on which end is the fish. (laughs) What if you're complimentary? (laughs) Oh, God. As a couple, you form one full human being. Anyway, I have to say, uh, next day delivery was pretty fucking sweet. And I, 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 I use that with Amazon. Treat, I use that with Pine, Pine, Prime all the time. Next day delivery? Yeah. Oh, you, you spend that extra like two or three bucks? bucks to get... See, I figure, I'm like, I just drop 90 on Amazon. I'm like, I could wait yeah. that extra day. And well, it's like the, two day delivery. The funny thing is, like, the couple times I've let my Amazon, whenever I've let my Amazon Prime uh, subscription lapse... And I go back to normal, like, oh, well, I ordered this package I don't get it for a week. I'm like, wow, how, how do heathens live like this shit? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, a pilgrim forebears, yeah, wait so a week. I'm like, Prime's nice, but I don't need it. And I'm like, no, I need yeah. it. <laughs> you know what? So I ordered uh, Insert Coin Clothing is this British gaming clothing place. And they I did. heard of that. They did Joel shirts. They did bespoke flannel. Really? Like the actual like on oh, canon flannel like, yeah. and actual flannel shirts that were Joel's shirt from Last of Us. And so I got two. <laughs> one for me and one for Foley. And they just shipped this week. I know. This is why I can't afford a PlayStation 4. It's so funny. Foley and I were having this conversation. How shirts? Uh, like they 30, were in pounds. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, because it's actually... It depended Britain. on the it's... conversion rate of when they actually shipped. I'm trying not to think you... about it too much. But anyway. Can you guarantee they're going to fit? 
That's, well, that's why I got two. Online that's why I got two because I got one that theoretically is my size and one that theoretically is fully size. Fully bigger. So yeah. Okay. If uh, she's only like one size bigger than me, but if it do, if it's too small for fully, then I can wear that one and I can give the small one to Emily and <laughs> call it good. <laughs> so I have a plan. See, there's a, it's logical, right? It was so funny. Fully and I were talking about how we need. Uh, I was just talking to her about like I'm gonna try to be more physically responsible and like literally like as we were having the conversation, I got an email notification on my phone that my jewel shirts and shit. My bespoke video game flannel oh, shirts. Man. But anyway, they're shipping through Royal Mail from from the UK to the United States. And so my I don't even have an estimation of when they're going to land. They're just going to show up out of the blue. And the tracking, the online tracking, it, there, there's no ability to do any sort of like email confirmation. If I want to see where it is, I have to go to this one webpage every time and enter my number. And I'm just like, the whole time I'm just like, hang, 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 hang. Or was it the last time? It had just been handed to the um, uh, United States Postal Service. So actually, hold on. I need to check on my Joel shirt. The best part is that the older confirmation, it says, you ordered Joel. They do not have uh, Ellie shirts? They did, but they only had the Ellie shirt in like a tank top. Ellie shirt, which is well, technically she wears two shirts. Well, she yes, she wears yeah. an array of clothing. Um, but that, the, well, no, no, no. She's got like the, the she got, she's got a t shirt like over the, a long sleeve, like uh, like yeah, like maroon. What are you gonna are you gonna buy a, like on um, palette like the Pantone color? Are you gonna or? buy a Joel beard? <laughs> oh, are you kidding? My wife looks so good in beard. I'm gonna make her do Joel do Joel guys, play. Do you guys pack? Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, exactly. You can take Joel this all play. The way. Yeah, seriously. Oh um, no, you guys will do that. That's that's. Oh my god. No, I'm just gonna make her. I'm gonna totally make her Joel it up big time. Can you have Joel uh, and Ellie? See, That's you great. ordered Joel. <laughs> so good. Makes me so happy. So hold oh, on, somebody, I'm going to I saw somebody did actually have a great photo of, was it like on Reddit or Twitter or something? Somebody had posted a great picture of, it was it was this really great couple cosplaying mm-hmm. as Joel and Ellie, and then they started kissing, and it was just yeah, like, no, don't. no, 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 nope. no, 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 no. I haven't seen any cos- any couples cosplay as... Joel and Tess? I want to be. Mm. How would you cosplay Tess though? Because Tess doesn't you wear Tess clothing. She's like a, like a tank yeah. See, top. it says your item posted on this the fourteenth. This is the least interesting geek we can news and review. Has been passed on the overseas postal service delivery in United States of America. That is the vaguest it's information in the possible. No, it's just been passed over to whatever. Hey, hey guess what happened? What happened? Miyazaki unretired. So this is interesting. This that's that's disingenuous to say that. So Miyazaki well, is retired uh, from yeah. animation, but he is that's working the news on. That came out. Yeah, he's working on a. Samurai manga, which is fantastic which... because I love him as a manga artist. Yeah, this is about uh, so this is about a manga story in the wars before the country got united in like the, the, oh, the 17th man. century. I yeah. love Miyazaki as a manga artist. That was always my complaint, my only complaint with Miyazaki's films. I love him as a filmmaker, but Nausicaa, I love his art, like the way he draws and composes um, panels are great. And Did you really see the special satisfying. edition? That was it, I think it was Dark Horse. Was it Viz or Dark Horse put out last year? The hardback. No. Uh, Nausicaa collection. You know what? This is. Oh, gonna... I I have it over have it's it two, there. Two, two two volume hardback. Actually, if you I may borrow, borrow it. that if you don't mind. Yeah. Here's the thing. I know this is gonna lo- lose me a lot of nerd cred, but mm-hmm. my preferred copy of Nausicaa is a really, really, really old translation that's actually mirrored. The pages are mirrored. I don't care if that's mirrored or not. Too. It's not, dude. Are you kidding? There's no way a fancy no, ass special there edition. Is, there, God knows there ain't nothing wrong with mirrored manga. It's, Fuck and shit. Yeah, it is, dude. You're reading something in the wrong context. It's it hard is for breaking. Me. <laughs> well, speaking of Miyazaki, yeah. Um, he wrote three books that are just uh. Well, he didn't write the books, but the, there's three in Japan. There's three volumes of his essays. I mm-hmm. guess he just. Yeah. 
when he's not directing movies, he just like writes a lot for Japanese magazines and uh-huh. stuff, and also does comics and illustrations for Japanese magazines. Uh-huh. And so in Japan, they actually took all of the, the 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 writings he's done for magazines over the course of the last thirty years and uh, published them as three books. You know, each book is roughly like a decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, they brought out the first book, which covers like all the stuff he was doing in the seventies and the eighties mm-hmm. uh, here in the states. And it was interesting because I think they try to mirror some of the stuff, but like. His comic work is so involved, you can really yeah, mirror that. it doesn't work. It breaks the flow. And so it was translated, but it was not mirrored, but it was kind of interesting to see how they were trying to, like, solve some narrative problems by, yeah. like, translating the text. Kind of make trying to make the text look handwritten, even though it was yeah. obviously some kind of Photoshop thing. And yeah. Mixed with the fact that, like, yeah, you can, yeah, it was kind of interesting. But it was full color representations of these, like, watercolored, full color oh, like, nice. comics. So I have that book here. And they did announce that they were bringing out the sec, at least the second volume is coming out this spring, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and this is, this these are comics and essays he did during the 90s, during, like, his, like, heyday of, like, yeah. Spirit Away and, and Prince Mononoke and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very cool. That guy, and Piazaki's out of the fucking mind. His, <sighs> his articles... He, that guy is deep because like when he talks about like just even like Totoro where he's like, yeah. talking about this specific scene where this pick up this character picks up this thing that means this mm-hmm. this is why young people in J- Japan are doomed because this character makes the decision to pick up this object rather than that, that object or like some kind of weird like yeah this guy when he like what well, I think Japanese storytelling to Western eyes always seems kind of a little bit like kind of dreamlike and kind of like yeah. arbitrary. But, like, when you're reading these articles about his own stuff, you kind of realize, like, like it may not necessarily make an, an inherent sense to us, but, like, this guy, everything that happens in any of his movies, there's yeah, a reason it's for it. It's not like a, like, except for maybe something like Ponyo, but even then, it's not just a flight of fancy. Like, he means, yeah. like, characters and there's stuff. There's a lot of thought stuff. behind every action. Yeah, I didn't realize till reading that first, that, that, that translated book of his stuff, yeah. where I was like, Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, Japanese yeah. culture, very deliberate, deliberate culture. Yeah, you don't fuck around too much. But, yeah, you're... Miyazaki doing a samurai manga. Yeah. Hell, it kind of bums me yes. out because you know he's doing that because he he can't trust himself. He, like with his heart condition, he can't put himself in the head of a another production. Yeah, that if he something happens to him, he suddenly like all these people yeah. are, like the project production gets fucked up and like so it's, uh, it's okay. I'm just I don't know. It's yeah, it's nice to see him embrace just a project that he like even drop, drops dead in the middle of it. Like he's actually you know that's it. well, it'll be cool to just see pure straight up unfiltered Miyazaki on yeah. page like that again. That'll be good. And he hasn't time to do that, but it's just interesting. I, I wonder from him from his perspective, yeah, whether or not he would rather be directing another movie if he could, yeah, or or if this is just like a, like a, like a like a runners up award for himself yeah. it's like he could still do comics but I don't yeah because he's been able like i said by virtue of like all this stuff they've been able to shove into a book he's obviously like even while he's been directing he's, he's still been, been doing manga and stuff yeah. like that but i kind of wonder like now now that he can he can only do one of those i wonder if he really kind of misses the movie aspect mm-hmm. maybe he's happy maybe he's a fuck it out it's yeah. less responsibility now i can actually yeah. retire and, and more just... control you yeah know? that's true the too. whole thing about comics artists the reason why comics artists love doing oh, comics no, it's is an they have control thing, and no one will ever talk to him about that because he'll never give an interview about any of that shit yeah. hopefully he'll write about this and we'll read it about it in a translated book to there 20 years from say now, 20 yeah now. exactly um uh the pretty maleficent trailer was released this week did you see that i didn't watch it you don't like Maleficent? I I never. I, I've Did you see the parody where they replaced Maleficent with Fifty Cent? So it's male Fifty Cent. It. <laughs> no, it's a serious thing. I think the Onion did it or something like that. No, so Disney has not explained what this is. It's a live action movie about Maleficent, the yeah, villain from, Angelina Sleep- Jolie, right? from the animated Disney version of Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. I would believe that Maleficent is a character that does not exist in the original story. It was a character created for that movie. But yeah, she's dressed. She's got the horns and everything like that. 
And it's hard to tell whether or not it's supposed to be an origin story or if it's a retelling of Sleeping Beauty because she's mm. like, there is like a blonde girl. Yeah, there's an like, Aurora, right? Yeah, it looks like there's an Aurora character. And like you see like like Sleeping, or um, uh, Maleficent like building up the the, 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 the dragon that, or the thatch of uh, thorns and shit. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's like, what the hell is this? Hmm. But the trailer looks really goddamn gorgeous though. It's really pretty looking. Mm-hmm. Like the interiors of her castle and everything, like really just really ornate. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's also just a movie with the female lead which yeah. is a rare fantasy film yeah um, I don't know and it's uh, Angelina Jolie what do you do who's directing it do we I know? can't remember yeah some guy Someone... makes pretty goddamn movies actually yeah. well, I'll look that up real quick Tarsem actually a Tarsem oh don't even makes... open your mouth honestly a Tarsem Lofsen movie would be amazing oh uh, really let me see good. hold on let me look that up uh, Annie sing a song uh, when you wish upon a star. Wait, what's the song from Sleeping Beauty? I know you. I lost with you once upon a dream. I know you. The look in your eyes are so. Oh, I've got a Maleficent's Wikipedia entry. It's mostly just about her appearances in Kingdom Hearts. Ah! You should do a search for Maleficent film. Oh, yeah, no, I found it. It's just, like, Robert Stromberg. It's just funny that, like, I get, I forgot that she is the primary villain in those shitty, shitty fucking yep. games. Uh, he's a special effects artist. Oh, hmm. this is his first movie. Oh, he worked on Avatar, Alice in Wonderland. So this is entirely possible. This movie's terrible, but it looked pretty. Fair enough. Uh, I guess this is what we, we get for reporting here's a pretty trailer we don't know nothing about if it's going to be any good or not but i don't know this, this is, uh, maybe this is her first movie after she had her mastectomy or whatever i don't yeah. know that's kind of interesting is just she's made directing wrote and directed a movie too really julie huh. supposedly well, she she's was... directed uh she's directed before has she okay because i guess she was gonna start oh i didn't mention gravity that's the reason why i was at the mall to begin with because i want to go see gravity before it leaves theaters mm-hmm. talk about next week maybe we're already <laughs> talking about something Gravity's a good movie yeah. So I well, there is barely any plot. Astronauts in space, shit goes wrong. Yeah. They have to survive. That is the plot. Yeah. Of gravity, it's hard to talk. See if I can drag my wife to go. See goddamn it beautiful though. See, Alfonso Cuarón. This is rare. If you go around. see it, I regret. Uh, I only had time because I was doing all the stuff where I, I had made an appointment at the Apple Store to yeah. check out the iPad and stuff like that. I didn't have time to go see the 3D screening at the at mm-hmm. the theater. I, I that is something you have it. to go see in 3D. Alfonso Cuaron making a native 3D movie and spending five I years on it. I want to go see it again. This is why I was thinking about my birthday, actually. having yeah. Maybe we go out and everyone just go out and go see Gravity in 3D. Yeah. Like, well, but I don't know. Well, but yeah, no, I would... I should drag And it's been in that. theaters for about a month now, and yeah. it's getting to the point where, uh, yeah, you shouldn't assume that it's still going to be in the- 3D theaters next yeah. week. So, yeah. An Art of Jay Ward book is now available on Amazon, featuring a ton of artwork from Rocky and Bullwinkle. That, I would love that. That dude, I love his sense of character design. So he's good. also the guy direct, who created a Quisp and Captain Crunch, for Christ's sake. You know, I never, now that you say that, of course he was. Because yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, the hat's kind of like, yeah. like, yeah, exactly. It's that kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Um, also, Song of Spider-Man, account about the creation of the doomed Spider-Man Broadway <laughs> like, musical. That just sounds like a good, I don't know if that'd be a good read, but I like the fact <laughs> that somebody wrote a book about like, yeah, well, here's the shit. Is it about all the terrible things that happened? Yeah, like, no, it's unvarnished, it's like honest. Oh, that's, that actually sounds interesting. And the previews I've seen, like, like reviews about this book, like, just talking about, like, all the crazy shit about, oh, like... it was, like, comical, the amount... I mean, it was, like, well, People have gone to the hospital. Yes. Did people... Anyone Spider-Man die? went flying out of the rigging. I think someone did die, dude. I, can, I know people, were, like, were, like, had brain damage. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds kind of interesting. Worst. Oh, man, what a train wreck. Uh, if only an Aiming Hennig had it stuck to directing Uncharted games... <laughs> 
She's also, I, I feel so bad she was creative director of that Spider-Man musical. Stop it. I know, I'm just kidding. No, but no, she it's, in- no, it's interesting because I've actually worked on projects because, okay, so Periscope Studio is a comic book mm-hmm. studio here in town. They have actually done concept and design work for What's-Her-Face, who mm-hmm. directed, she's the same, like, uh, oh God, uh, she oh, what's directed her name? Lion King Yeah, musical? and she did uh, uh, the, um, uh, I forgot her name. But I've got Titus movie. I've gotten paychecks and a really you know, like like yeah disconnected way that were cut by her and her company. Yeah. Um. um oh, what's her name? Uh, Ju- Julie Taymor. Julie Taymor. Okay. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, she does great work. It just I don't know what made her say. It's go. a Spider-Man musical. That's just a sentence Spider-Man. that people should have. Like, it's not a superhero with no mouth. Yeah. Yeah, my anyway, God. Anyway, anyway uh, Key and Peele and Jenna Paddow are writing a movie together. What? Did you see the Key and Peele? What did Peel... you call him? Key and Peele. It's like a patasaurus. How do you say his name? Apatow. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Well, I've genuinely not... never heard. You don't his have name these before. lengthy out loud conversations about Judd Apatow <laughs> like I do. No. Uh, did you see the Key and Peele sketch uh, about the Continental Breakfast? It was genuinely one of the funniest sketches I have seen in a long time. Between that and Liam Neeson's, Kim Peele may be my favorite comedian, uh, comedians working today. You have to, Bill, as soon as we're done doing this, we're going to watch Continental Breakfast, and we're going to watch it three or four times. It's so good. JoJo and Bahar and I have been watching a lot of Kim Peele this week. Yeah. Just like, they still keep, they, they have this great Super Bowl shuffle thing where all the kids, <laughs> have you seen like their, their skit about all the, uh, um, football players and the ridiculous names they have no oh they've done a couple skits about these guys and suddenly they bring back all these characters to like do their super bowl shuffle thing yeah and all these characters names have like x-wing at aloysius <laughs> like, they're making fun of the fact that black people name their kids fucking crazy ass shit and te- technically it's you it will it tends to be often those crazy ass names end up being the names of famous football players mm-hmm. and so they did a whole Thanks skit about that, that. Bill. I do love the substitute white teacher sketch. Never met black people have you seen before? that one? A A Ron, A A Ron. Oh, the guy doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's cute. Feels good, good shit, son. You know, I'm really impressed at how prolific those guys are. Can yeah. two fucking guys starting yeah. almost all those sketches? Yeah, they, they have a small, like a little entourage of other people. Man, you know what? But... They're um hair and makeup folks are phenomenal. Well, this is one of, like, the, this thing with the football, because they are both playing two entire football teams. Yeah. So, on each team, there's, like, 30 different players. So, that's 60 sets of makeup and, and hair And they're really they're well done, too. Yeah. Like, really well oh, done. Oh, my God. It's like sketch comedy designed for high-definition television. It's fascinating. Well, the weird thing is... It's really well filmed. It's... Their, their sketches <coughs> have, have made Bill cough. No, I've really been blown up on YouTube. Yeah. And so now if you watch, like, uh, uh, Key and Peele on Hulu sometimes, they'll be like, hey, if you ever see us on, on, on YouTube, make sure to check out the real show. It's not just a YouTube yeah. sketch channel. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's a show. Like, it's a the thing. One, turn on Comedy Central yeah. and watch us. It's yeah. not just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, Key and Peele are fucking fantastic. They haven't said whether or not this is going to be, like, a Key and Peele movie or if they're just writing a movie with yeah. Joe Apatow where it's going to be, like, a bunch of, like, white, middle-aged John Avatar movies are all about like forty-year-old white guys having ex- ex- existential crises. Yeah, That's well, what you gonna do? The Night of the Doctor. Tell me about the Night of the Doctor. Did Bill. you see the? This is a new little special mini suit they put out this weekend. I'm giving up. You on don't Doctor care Who. about Doctor Who. Tell me about they it. They brought Bill. spoilers for Doctor Who. This is your last chance to run. They brought back the Eighth Doctor. 
Oh. This is the doctor who, he was only the doctor once on a terrible Fox TV movie yeah. of Doctor Who. Yeah. Almost 20 years ago. Yeah. They brought him back for wow. one little mini special episode. That actually leads into the plot of this new 50th anniversary Doctor Who That's fascinating that they week. did that, actually. It was very cool. There was no announcement about it. Everyone yeah. just assumed it was going to be another Matt Smith thing. But yeah. no, it's this whole, like, it's all about this one doctor. That's great. And That's actually kind of great. Yeah. And it's, it's like, everyone's like, oh my. And that was actually more interesting than yeah. I was expecting anything to actually happen in the 50th anniversary yeah. special. Not that I was expecting the 50th anniversary special to be terrible, but like they they only ever announced that they only had one. Like they they they, they actually came out and said we don't have any of the old doctors come back. We just have like Matt Smith and David Tennant, and that's it. We got John Hurt. Oh, yeah. you get to see young John Hurt. Yeah, because like. Oh, this other guy turns into John Hurt, and so you get to see baby John Hurt for 10 When he's seconds. John okay before yeah, he gets John Hurt. <laughs> he's like, that oh. was my real joke for you. John, oh my knee. But yeah, that was kind of cute. Oh, that was very... Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. It's all really steeped in Doctor Who lore, so if mm. you don't care about Doctor Who or know who that which doctor that guy was, you're just going to be like, why doesn't even this look like the guy on the iTunes episodes I see on iTunes? Why, where's, why, who is this doctor? So I've, I've seen some people who have only uh, watched Doctor Who, the recent stuff, where I'm just like, I have no idea what this is. Yeah. It was cute. It was yeah. good. Okay, for the next point, I'm just going to turn off the touch and just talk rather than read Bill's notes. Because, Uh-oh. So I watched the PS4 live stream because they um, announced that they were going to talk about the Last of Us DLC. And I had, I pretty much knew what the Last of Us DLC was going to be. Through. Yeah, you guessed this a long time ago. Well, yeah. because, um, for, for two reasons. One, when I very briefly met Neil Druckmann and Bruce Daly at PAX, and I was talking to them about how much I really enjoyed American Dreams, which was the Dark Horse mini-comic, which I highly recommend. Which is now out in the hardcover book. Yeah, it yeah, just came out collected. I, I need to buy it now because it's... Highly it's, recommend yeah. it, even if you didn't like Last of Us. It's just straight up good comics. But it's about Ellie and her friend Riley. Ellie talks about Riley a little bit in the game, when she's like, yeah, I had this friends that's the black girl yeah yeah so between and when i when i when they say they're like oh you like um you liked uh uh, american dreams you should you're gonna enjoy the dlc oh okay okay. and then on top of that um yield druckman posted on twitter a while ago he's like we just did some motion capture that made me cry it was really really good and the woman who responded was this young african-american woman oh. and i was like oh that she's really good kind of piece together like yeah yeah but and, and also you go to that woman and she's talking she's she's tweeting back and forth the lady played ellie yeah and, like they're very clearly hanging out and burning around I'm like okay well it's right you see people are actually playing both characters though for the dlc <sighs> you're so funny bill <laughs> You're so, they're so good. Funny. The makeup is so good. No, uh, <laughs> hey, the, how you do? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, it's uh, they announced. Uh, I'm they going to add a tiny little teaser for Left Behind is the name of this Last of Us DLC, and it looks. Oh man, I'm so excited about it. If we're, if we're from Texas, called Left Behind. <laughs> As opposed to Right Behind, which will be my <laughs> spinoff fan fiction, um, uh, which is about Nathan Drake. Uh, so the uh, it, American it's Dreams. That's the title American of the, Dreams. Uh, yeah, Last of Us. American Dreams. Highly recommended. Almost, oh man, it's I, super super good. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about it. Just the idea of Naughty Dog doing narrative based DLC. I mm-hmm. that is really super intriguing to me. Um, uh, so, oh, I didn't really get to talk about bur- Burial at Sea very much. I finished it last night. It's, it's enjoyable. I don't know why people were slagging on it so much. I thought it was really enjoyable. However. I didn't say anyone slagging on it. I, oh, I think it was it's mostly gotten, people. It's gotten pants. For the content itself or just because it's t- Bioshock Infinite, which everyone seems to have cooled Both. off on. Really? Everyone's like, the story sucks. I'm like, it's pretty Are you only playing as Albert or whatever his name is? You play as DeWitt. But which DeWitt do you play? <laughs> I hear he's Hooker DeWitt. He's an Asian girl dressed... <laughs> thigh high boots 
So anyway, I, I, I will say this. I enjoy Burial at Sea. I, I like noir archetypes and stuff, so it's right up my alley. I do not envy any team that has to chase Minerva's Den. Because Minerva's Den oh, was a such point. a well-focused little slice of heaven. I wonder if that's also what else compare that to. That's not gonna... Well, also, this is the other thing. It's first half of one. That's the thing. I'm really... I'll that's... just say this. I highly recommend playing Burial at Sea just for the last 30 seconds, because what the fuck is gonna happen in the next episode? You find out... What's the lady's name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth is Booker's dad. <laughs> dad tour. So, uh, anyway... Uh, no, I, I'm specifically waiting for both halves to come out. Uh, other than the, this, this, this first half, the DLC is, what, like two hours long? I, I, I played it over the course down. of three evenings. But really? here's the thing. You know me. Oh, well, you're going to pour over everything. I, yeah. yeah, I suck the mirror. I read all the spines. You're going to be looking books. at your reflection in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, like, I fucking, like, bear into that shit. So, I'm not the person to judge. I got six hours out of it, but that's me. Fucking Christ. Yeah. I also you suck at Elizabeth shooters. at all, except for, like, the yeah. ending, maybe? Yeah, oh, okay. you see Elizabeth. Is that does it end with her like you're lighting her cigarette with your no with that's your one of the fingers? first things that's one of the first things that happens oh she DLC. she hires you like kind of I need to go find my dad don't look in the mirror it's actually kind of great she's like I and he's like what do you do and he's like I, you could say I'm a debt collector I really you need to play the DLC just because I kind of want to talk to someone about the last thirty seconds and be like what the fuck so on my online store storefront I have a print that I'm selling of Elizabeth it still cracks me up I'm still so I forgot I did this. The description for the Elizabeth print is, I'm bringing you the girl to wipe away the debt. Because it's hilarious, because I'm charging money. <laughs> okay, that is actually Because okay, uh, uh, you have to play the game. Even then, it wouldn't be funny. Anyway, I was, so, I was amused by myself. I'm Bill, I, my favorite jokes are the ones that we ourselves yeah, laugh I love at. video games. I do, too. See, that's the thing. I'm going through this moment where like, eh, video games, so good. Yeah, good. Uh, I, I feel bad because Bioshock Infinite it wasn't a bad game. No. It just wasn't as good as everyone was yeah. hoping. It would well, and it be. wasn't. It didn't. It didn't meet the promises <clears throat> that Ken Levine. Made. What's uh, this? Our, also, our game of the year podcast. What's your game of the year? <laughs> Last of Us. Really? Not you know Amy Hennig's just listening. <laughs> She didn't work on Last Wait, of Us, dude. Wasn't figure out that she did not direct Last of she Us. She was the creative. Uh, Neil Druckmann was and Bruce Taylor were creative. Well, yeah, director. yeah. Last of Us is, is his Neil Druckmann. He was lead designer I love on Neil Uncharted Two. Beard. <laughs> I actually do just love his beard. Too. That's why I'm kind of curious to see what design was. Does that mean he was like level design, just like systems, like basic game design? I can't. I, mean, I wonder how much of that was was the story. Well, that's that's the narrative that has developed. This is, I mean, this is probably even the show notes until you mention this, like. I, I, I knew, I, not that Neil Druckmann was in charge of Uncharted 2, but a lot of people look at The Last of Us and see how well put together that was in terms of the writing and the story and character, and see how much better Uncharted 2 was compared to Uncharted 3 with that. And so they just assumed that was all Neil Druckmann, because that's the connect, connection between Uncharted 2 the and The Last of Us. Not that Uncharted 3 was terrible, but Uncharted mm. 3 had some weird it's, narrative dead ends well, and stuff. Well, video games do, do it, there's this interesting thing that happens in video games where there's this whole narrative of the auteur. Well, yeah, and that gets you know? confused because everyone assumes that know exactly how that game was made and who was responsible for yeah. what and they just assume well this person makes bad games this person is responsible for this yeah. you can't let put them yeah it's, it's a little weird so anyway I watched the PS4 live stream and I'm like as soon as I start watching I'm like why I hate every moment of this it's just that shit is just so terrible but I did watch it just because they were going to talk about <clears> this last of us DLC and you know what I wanted to kiss them on the face because literally it started with the Naughty Dog stuff so I could just turn it off immediately afterward and they did oh yeah exactly that's what so I did so yeah. they came out and they what talked was the about of it? like Metal Gear Solid I or stopped something? watching. <laughs> So I watched the... I they, bought the console and I didn't care once they announced it. They, they announced the Last of Us DLC and then they were like, oh, and by the way, we have something else for you. And they showed a teaser for Uncharted. 
and I got so my wife was working late and I was watching this in my house alone all the lights were off I had drunk four beers and I hadn't had any dinner and I actually just started crying I just started weeping big stupid tears just rolling down my face you began to vibrate and then you ascended to another and I got up and I just started marching through the house and screaming Mm. at my cats and the thing is is that my house is on a major street and there's a bus stop not too far. I'm sure that whoever was like thought that I was being murdered or something. There's just this wailing. Aww. And just me chanting, Nathan Drake! Nathan Drake! And like fucking losing my shit. So in both cases, both the teaser there's for no proof Left that Behind. Drake is actually even in the game. And there's no, there's nothing, there's very little I'm assuming little he's talking to Drake. Because, uh, okay, so people haven't seen this Uncharted teaser. It's, it's like a 30 guy, seconds long. It's so a guy it's... yelling at a map for 30 seconds. So it's, I don't think he's necessarily talking to Drake. So this is what we know. This kid, this dude, this dude, Sully, this dude. No, he's not. It's another character. He's going to be. Whoever. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. sorry, Because I really, she says I've been, I've been fucked. I've been buried for 15 years. Yeah. Drake would. How old is Drake? Like 35 at the most. It's not. It's in the past. I'm just saying. Unless this this is like one of. I'm one. My first thought was that maybe Sir Francis Drake was a character. Is my was my thought, because the character. Wait, the guy who's talking. Bill. Shut your okay. fucking mouth for two fucking sentences and let me talk, okay? Drink your water. <laughs> so, put it in your pretty little mouth. So, the character who is speaking is talking about how you screwed me over, early betrayed us all. Early was a dude who um, was involved in the slave trade. And this guy is like, yeah, I've been a prisoner for 15 years. We know that whoever was speaking, and it's since been identified as this actor who's not been in any of the other Uncharted games, is going to be a character in the game. And it's implied pretty heavily that he is a character from the past, and his identification of a historical figure from the age of piracy, and then the presence of this map, who's circling an island which was known to be a pretty big pirate Casino. <laughs> yes, Bill. Thanks for This is going to turn Ocean's Eleven. We have to steal all the doubloons. But... I don't think that necessarily precludes the Nathan Drake and Elena. For so many reasons, Drake is the face of the Uncharted franchise. Yes, it, it, uh, Naughty Dog has a proud history of starting a new uh, franchise with every generation, and it seems uh, with every Sony generation, and it seems like a logical continuation mm. to maybe do some sort of reboot or variation I on an established franchise. Because what is, what is there to reboot? You have well, like a couple, like three main characters, and they, like what? I mean, in the fact that it's just called Uncharted, it's, it's not like, like there's this lore that you have to get. I could see it being about other characters, but like, well, the world. I'm of, saying, would you do? I, I, well, I think reboot. I think of it's right. maybe Nathan Drake, but so, like another voice. Right. No, you don't. So need to my do question that. is, if you're going to do, if you're trying to redefine Uncharted for a new generation, what is Uncharted about? Uncharted is about just these enormous set pieces and these characters they feel. You're saying this about. is gonna be Halloween three season of the witch. This uh, is exactly what I'm saying. Uncharted. I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of correlation between the past and the present. Maybe not like a literal connection between the two characters, but like you as the player are playing both in the past. And in the present as Drake, exploring. The well, they already kind of did a little bit of that with the last two games. Where was that only Uncharted three that you're jumping back and forth between time, like young Drake and old Drake? Uh, they did that only in three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, but even then, you're still Drake. You're still Sully. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just me shooting off the. Cuff. Oh, they definitely have room to ha- like make this about. It. I mean, you can still have it like, oh, this is the old college buddy of Nathan Drake or but Sully think about, or something. Think about the visual splendor of having this these locations back in the day. 
and that context, and then redefining it and what that same environment was like in the well, modern like era. like an Assassin's Creed thing, almost. Because we bit, have, yeah. or maybe if there's some sort of um, uh, Fountain of Youth thing they, going this on. This does not sound or... like a pirate guy. The voiceover guy on in the trailer. Well, Bill, not all pirates sounded like cartoonish Johnny Depp well, characters. If you're, if you're talking about pirates from, like, the 18th century Madagascar, though, they're not going to, like... You betrayed well, me. Well, the whole point is that this is a whole bunch of different people from a whole different, different places. Oh, we don't know. But yeah. We'll find, point out, is, we'll is find that... out more at the Spike VGAs or at E3 next year or yeah. something like that. But anyway, yeah, Uncharted. I was really surprised at the number of people who, uh, immediately on Twitter and even, like, uh, people live streaming, like, uh, like the again, with the Bombcast stuff, were like, okay, more Uncharted, but as long as it's not about Nathan Drake. And I'm like, really? Like, I'm like, man, how I don't like pe- any I don't backlash like so against many people Nathan are Drake. burned out. I mean, I could see. I could never burn out on Nathan I mean, Drake. people, there have been, people have been burned out because What's-His-Face has been in so many games. Nolan North. But, like, the character, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see why, people, yeah, that, that, that's, that was a surprising thing to me hmm. where I'm like, why, I'm fine with more Nathan Drake. Adventures. I love Nathan Drake. The only thing that I would want, well, here's, okay, so here's my secret kernel of hope. I want to have a, an Uncharted game where you play as more than just Drake. I love Drake. But I would love to play as Chloe, as Elena, even as Sully. And if you have this element to the past, then it makes sense that you're playing as you're not only playing as multiple characters. It's a risk because the games really are from the perspective of Drake. It's third person biased. And it'd be weird to suddenly lose that. And you could argue that is that losing the heart of Uncharted because the heart of Uncharted is Drake. See, I'm I'm already set for disappointment because, like I said, I just want an Uncharted game that starts off with the climbing tutorial is climbing on top of <laughs> Elena's parents' house at Christmas in Vermont at Christmas, putting up the Christmas lights, and that's how it's like it's this like really like you know little suburb suburban existence, and then you go off. I wanted to into open the wild. with a um a quick time event that's uh Drake. You're taking a shower, and I'm gonna keep failing, <laughs> so I drop the towel. <laughs> That's what I want. Um, but you know, actually, I mean, could you do like a, an, an Uncharted game that is a prequel just about Sully? Could be interesting. I mean, you could be talking about Sully. I don't know. I mean, so I'm assuming of... it's all gonna take place within the last, you know, my, my modern day. I mean, within the last like 20, 20 years, this could take place in the Ooh, 80s. Hold on. I may have just talked myself into something else. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I would argue, my argument against that is that so much of the Uncharted games, the heart, I would say, the heart of the Uncharted games really is Drake and his relationships. His relationship with Elena and his relationship with Sully. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, once... If you take away those relationships, then you're losing Uncharted. But on the other hand, we did establish a little bit in Uncharted 3 the whole idea of, like, this architectural society that's clearly been around for a long time. You could even have... I barely remember I know, about that. I know, I know. But the whole Marlo was, was part of this is organization. Is that Marlo that, that, that she was head of? Yeah. Did of they this never thing. explain exactly what went down with between her and Sully? Because I know there was, like, they had a little bit of relationship or something tension. like that. Tension. Tension, like, tension. I still can't believe they just killed her off at the end of the game without any kind of... Man. I, oh. I want to go back and replay all the Uncharted's actually I, in preparation. Man, you know what? If they were smart, like, it, uh, that'd be a lot of work to port those games, especially those games based off the difficult cell architecture. What? But just to make, like, PS4 ports of all three of those games, just like you could buy for, like, uh, for 60 that'd bucks be smart. on one disc. I'm sorry, I just read your next note and I'm totally distracted. What's Bill, that? is this Bill bait? Is this Bill anger bait? Joe Wright, director of Atonement, oh, Pride yeah. and Prejudice, and Hannah, has signed on to make a film called Pan, starring Javier Bardem as Blackbeard. Yeah, they haven't said anything about Bill, it. Did they make, Bill, did they make Bill Bates? Yeah! I already said a cease and desist order. <laughs> uh, with a note saying, P.S. Bioshock people can't sue me for making, Unchar- ma- making Elizabeth uh, unlicensed print. <laughs> but, 
I'm suing your bitch asses for paying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you guys can't uh, infringe on my copyright for this public domain character. <laughs> I know. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, I did a webcomic for about six months, but I've been talking about this for like a decade and a half, uh, which was going to be a dark, gritty reimagining of Peter Pan. Uh, it was called Pan. It was online for, yeah, a small while, but then I had to do work and... Because I did. It. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, had to get a like, doing this like well, I made the stupid mistake of doing this re really elaborately illustrated webcomic about Peter Pan, and that kind of became a full time job. And I yeah. but wasn't paying any money. Yeah. So I, yeah. Uh, so I have the story for that all written up and everything like that. But it was called well, the big thing was called Pan, and now there's gonna be a movie about Peter Pan called Pan, which is not you know not the world's most inventive title. To be fair, Bill, it was only a matter of time before someone made a Gritty Rain imagining exactly, yeah. a Peter Pan. I, I, this, this, Best that it's Joe Wright with Javier Bardem on board. Was Atonement pretty good? I actually have not I seen it. I know the Atonement. book is supposed to be fantastic. I know, I've heard that it's supposed to be really good. There's something about Keira Knightley's green dress. I know how you feel about Hannah, but at the end of the day, Hannah was no, a beautiful was good. movie. Hannah was a beautiful movie. Ah, uh, the part where uh, Hannah dies in the water of Indian forgetfulness. And she says, to die would be an awfully big adventure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, um, Hannah, no, Hannah was good. Um, but yeah, instead of Captain Hook, the bad guy is supposed to be uh, Javier Bardem is playing Blackbeard. Who's writing it? Who's writing it? Yeah. I wrote it. They're ripping it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Billy, already written. Billy Mudrin. <laughs> uh, no, they, they, this is one of those things. Well, there's like half a dozen different dark, gritty Peter Pan. This is true. There's a hundred dark and gritty any kind of fairy tale from the last 150 years They're being even, developed for movies. Yeah. Uh, so God knows I would be surprised if any of these actually ever come out. See, at least but... me with my Robin Hood shit, they will never make an actual dark and gritty Robin Hood. They'll just make a modern day Robin they Hood. They a dark shitty. and boring Robin Hood. <laughs> That's true. Fat Robin Hood. <laughs> ah, I can't believe see, that Ridley Scott. Did you put this on here? Did you see the trailer for Noah? No. Did you why? watch it? Noah. I can't, a, I can't believe they actually let him make that movie. It's Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he made a comic out of it. And uh, it's, it's instead of a ship. It's Russell Crowe. Instead Crow. of a ship. Okay, so it's Russell Crowe. Oh, you know who else is in He's on an energy, energy sphere Crow, space. Crow, Winstone, uh, really? uh, uh, it's Russell Crowe, Ray Winstone. What's her name? Who's our girlfriend? What's her name? Uh, 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 Labyrinth, uh, Rocketeer. What's her name? Jennifer Conley? Jennifer Conley and Emma Watson. Emma Watson? Hermione? Hermione Granger. What? Yes! How, how After this, we're gonna watch this trailer. We're gonna watch that cute little thing and, and watch that. It's actually, the climax of this is this is no joke, is Noah and Ray Winstone and his huge army is like, I'm gonna get you, Noah! Army? And then, yes! And the last shot you see is Noah on his arc, and it's actually Russell Crowe looking pretty badass. He's got this beard and this, like, like close cropped head. Are they, like, rocket engines on And he's like, oh, I'm gonna be at my arc! And the, the army is running towards the arc, and then all the flood waters come <laughs> It's not enough to say, yeah, God decides to flood the planet, but God has to save them from an army that's about to blow up the planet. Darren Afronsky is a crazy asshole, and all I can ask of that movie is that oh it be. It looks kind of dumb and epic y, but I hope it's just him making weird ass giant. How movie. do you make a movie about Noah? The Noah. <laughs> It's the Ark and the Flood. It's kind of a boring story. It's kind of an interesting, like, story about hope and God being a fucking trust. dick to yeah. everybody but Noah and his family. How big is his family? Wait, how many characters are in this movie? Because it's all his Noah and his family. You only see, you see uh, Noah, you see uh, Jennifer Connelly, Emma Watson, some boy, and Ray Winstone in his army. Are there two Emma Watsons and two Jennifer Connellys? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how they make sure the lesbians uh, survive the flood. <laughs> Or maybe just... no, no, no. It's it's a man Watson <laughs> and hold on, 
uh, Jenna Frank. <laughs> Connor. Jenna Connelly, Donna Watson, how you doing? I know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Look her pants get washed off of the floor. <laughs> and the last. So, well, does, does, does What's-His-Face look fat, though, in this? Uh, Russell Crowe. Actually, I think he looks kind of fat. He was supposed to be a little fat. I mean, the fact that he's kind of dumpy and out of shape was supposed to be part of that Robin Hood movie, Ridley Scott. He wasn't was such an underwhelming. He's no, not he like. Kinda... He kind of had a gut, and he was just kind of like... He, he looked like a normal bored. guy. Well, he that's true. Bored. I think it's not that he was fat, but he Ugh. just seems kind of lethargic, like... Hey, I'm, I'm God damn, I can't think of that movie too much. Cause you know what? Gonna... You know what's better than... than well, who are we talking about? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is Curly Curly Whirlies. How you doing, Curly Whirlies? The World Donkey Kong Championship is taking place at the One Up Arcade and Bar in Denver, Colorado this weekend. Steve Weeby? Is that his name? I can't remember. Uh, it's... Apatow, <laughs> Billy Mitchell, and Hank Chen will battle it out. See who is the best Donkey Kong player in the world again. Woo! Uh, so just just for reference, well, if anyone's ever seen King of Kong, they know what this is all yes. about. Uh, which is funny because ever since King of Kong came out, both of these guys, Billy Mitchell and Steve Weeby, yeah. have, have you seen King of Kong? Yeah, right? yeah. But it's a really good, really manipulative documentary. Their story is completely irrelevant now because there's a yeah. Steve Chen guy who completely destroys the, both of and them. The, well, then I looked up on the Twin Galaxies website for the uh, top current scores for Donkey Kong. Yeah. Those two guys are like a seventh and eighth. Yep. It's not just the fact that they're being beaten by this Hank Chen guy, but their records of ever since that movie came out, they've been usurped like ten yeah. times over by other people. So it's kind of sad. So of course the big story the news came across is like Steve Weeby and Billy Mitchell will be fighting again yeah. for like eighth, eighth place. place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless some kind of miracle happens yeah. this week. Yeah. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening to the Boy Heidi podcast. We're gonna have to stop so I can show Bill some YouTube videos. But as always, uh, you can. Uh, Holla at us on Twitter. We're at Boyhattie Podcast or boyhattiepodcast.com. You can uh, leave your honest one star review of us on iTunes if you're so inclined. Uh, please feel free to send us candies. Email us howdy at boyhattie.org to get an address, Bill's address that you can stalk us at and or send candies to. Amy Henning, if you want Annie to be in the next Uncharted game. <laughs> oh, God. Why would you be sitting in the back? Bill, Usually the fangirl Bill, just chases me. So what's so is it? Do you think it's really just gonna be pirate stuff? That's gonna be no, the hook. No, it's Drake's gonna be in it. No, I'm talking about like what's the like the backstory? Like like what? Well, you the, know, we've talked about this. Because really the first game, the, the first game was what, what was the first game? Uh, it was let's about, see. We had Shambhala. We had. Was that um, the first one? No, no, that was the second one. No, it was Shang well, Shangri-La. That that yeah. so that's what it was. Um, no, the first one was uh 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 Eldorado. Oh, Eldorado. Eldorado turns out to be that that coffin filled with disease. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, because, you know, like, the, hook, the real hook of the Uncharted is was, that, that what you know... Was, what was the third game? the MacGuffin the third game. Oh, it was a What's-It-Butt. It's another city. In the, in the desert. Um, but the, the real MacGuffin is that water that makes you gives you magic powers. Right. The card trick guy. <coughs> oh, my God. Man, that third game really is kind of a blur. Um, I need... Well, I had some more from you because I played it over the, score, the course of eight hours in one uninterrupted That's not... Yeah, at least dwelling. I gave myself a couple days to, like... Oh, I, I watched it all in one go. I was like, oh, there's a horse. <laughs> does, the, does the Arabic guy, who's, like, the cool guy from The Mummy, Monkey. get killed? <laughs> does he just give Drake a horse? Guys, and... we'll talk to y'all next week, and we'll shout at you about more videos. We're just gonna bullshit. record next week's podcast right now, too, so we'll, we'll be back in about what five seconds. What a week seconds. it was! Bye, y'all. Continental breakfast. <laughs>